1: Shake Them Ropes. Jeff Hawkins, Chris Novembrino this week. Two sponsors. We have both MyBookie.ag and Manscaped. More about them in a little bit. Uh, a little bit of house cleaning first. Uh, apologies to the audio listeners uh, for the past couple weeks. Uh, it is not the fault of Joe and Rich that you had ads being dropped mid-sentence into, uh, into Chris Novembrino's uh into Chris Novembrino speaking. Uh, it it was... Uh,
0: you mean for once something is not the fault of Big Lanza, who for <laughs> so long has had his thumb on the head of the little guy, dear sweet Novi?
1: Uh, I truncate silence in post-production so that you have kind of an, uh, an au jus, if you will, of <laughs> shake them ropes. You know, you're condensing the flavors into a much uh, oh, tighter okay. thing.
0: I always think about au jus as the dipping sauce for my French dip, and not as as all right. But I see where you're going with your. I was I of was all. trying
1: to think of some sort of stock or something you reduce down, and that's all I could come like, up like with.
0: Like a balsamic glaze, a balsamic sorts.
1: glaze. Then yes, for you bougie cooking types. Oh, uh, <laughs> bougie! Oh. Yes, you, you should see my reaction on that on the YouTube at Voices of Wrestling's video channel if you care to watch this instead of. Uh, imbibing on the audio but uh both chris and i uh good fences make good neighbors and we've had instances of uh of much stress in our lives you might hear it on my audio my part i will get to my thing in a moment but chris has the worst of the two which is always the more fun so uh chris what happened this week
0: okay so monday i was working and i had a guitar lesson in the evening and uh after i finish the guitar lesson i'm getting set back up to uh work again on my computer and i look out my window in the kitchen and i see all these people congregating and talking and and the talking is getting louder and i'm starting to hear like commotion outside and like things are escalating relatively quickly and I'm like, okay, what's going on here? Why is everyone outside my window? Something's going on. I should probably step outside. So I grab my mask, put on my mask. Like, I did not want to do this. Like, I didn't want to have to mask up and go around other people, especially other people who weren't wearing masks too. Like, let's keep in mind that that's the backdrop of all this is happening in the middle of a pandemic. So I mask up. I go outside. And I see right down the way on the same strip as my apartment building, that another building in my apartment complex is on fire, very much so. Um, and people are evacuating and clearing out. Um, you might remember, Jeff, the uh, cat that I rescued uh, about a month ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is the same area where that cat and a number of stray cats were staying. Um, so blizzard very much probably had his life saved here between getting saved from the blizzard and being saved from this fire. Uh, so good on him, but I see that this whole place is on fire and the fire is escalating quickly, uh, within about 30 minutes, the fire grew to a three or four alarm fire, and it ultimately got up to a five alarm fire. We had mm. hundred we had over a hundred firefighters on site here, according to the local news um and like i could tell you, i could tell you that i mean like they had multiple multiple trucks um fire platoons kind of set up and like you know they had like a resting area for for the lines they had lots of oxygen tanks out there. Uh, At one point, uh, because I'm, you know, very close to this fire here, the cops say that we have to officially evacuate because I'm kind of like oscillating in and out of my apartment, staying in because like I mean, coronavirus, you know, that's out there still. uh, So like there's a fire. There's also COVID, so I'm trying to calibrate between these two things, but I'm realizing this fire's real, so I'm starting to pack up. You might notice all these uh, beautiful guitars behind me here, so I start realizing, I gotta get these guys ready, Um, and so I'm packing up all of these, and I'm packing up my amps. I have... All of, like, I always keep all my gear packed up and, like, kind of, like, in bags and ready to go anyways, because uh, it's just easier and keep your gear sorted, kids, um, especially for situations like this. And I get all the stuff down to my door, and uh, I get a knock on the door. It's the cops telling me that I have to evacuate my apartment now. So, at that point, I have to mad dash all of the guitars, um, the computer that I'm recording on, this microphone, my main microphone. Everything I can fit into the Fiat and, oh, by the way, Jeff, Yuffie, Shadow, Chesterfield, and Hazy all get evacuated into this Fiat 500, which is filled with musical equipment. Um, and then for the next four hours, we are all in a Fiat 500, um, and Chesterfield is having a panic attack. Uh, I know it was a panic attack because he was hyperventilating. It wasn't that he was overheating because none of the other cats were overheating and it wasn't remotely... It was, like, 72 degrees in the car. It was, like, literally just he was so stressed out from <laughs> being like... Well, because, like... I mean, like, look, uh... Yeah, never in his nearly 10-year life has there been a situation where all of my stuff just gets shoved into a car along with the four, four cats in one car along with me and we're all just sitting there going nowhere. Um... It was uh it was really something. Um, the fire ultimately destroyed four buildings, fifty-two units. Um, like the uh, more people there are not enough replacement units in the apartment complex, so there are like just people literally out of a house at this point and out of a place to stay. Um and yeah, it it, it was a real it was a real mess, man. Um and the worst part of it, Jeff the worst part of it. So I'm sitting in my car with Chesterfield. He's having a panic attack. Yuffie Eufy is kind of like hiding behind one of the seats. Shout out cool. Shout's cool. And, and Hazy's kind of chilling out in the trunk. All of a sudden, I look down on my phone. I'm like looking for some sort of glimmer of hope, right? Uh, it's something positive. And you know what I get? A DM
1: for me about wrestling?
0: <laughs> I get... A gif of Seth Rollins from that <laughs> idiot Cody saying, burn it down. And I'm staring at my world being burned down. That And that's that's the type of person Cody is. <laughs> but the joke's on Cody because the cops said that there's a reward for, you know, evidence leading to whoever started the fire. So I, I might have, you know, turned Cody in for the reward.
1: Turn Blizzard in, probably started
0: the thing. No, Blizzard, Blizzard's, Blizzard's the jam-up cat. Cody, on the other hand, is not. I, since last,
1: I do not have that kind of issue. I have a much different issue, and it's starting to drive me nuts much in the way uh, the main character in the Telltale Heart was driven crazy. I live on the third floor of my condo building. Uh, As you know, I've had already an incident with the person below me in that I flooded them, or not on purpose, but I had a pipe that broke in in, the overflow valve in my bathtub broke, flooded the guy downstairs. There's a punchline to that that's coming. But my neighbor on the first floor has an HVAC unit that is on the fritz. And ever since Sunday, this past Sunday, So we are going almost on seven days now, 24 hours every day for about 45 seconds. And you might be able to hear it on the audio as we go along. There's a grinding sound, a growling sound, a growling sound, a growling sound that gets louder and louder and louder until the unit turns off, which then proceeds to be like a giant washing machine that's imbalanced. If you've ever had that effect but it's on my roof. So it's shaking my place a little bit as we go. I call my HOA. I go, what's going on here? Are they going to have it? Yeah. He's going to have somebody come out and look at it on Monday. This is life in the big city. In, in smaller locales, suburban locales, you can call another person to come out and look for it. If one is busy, it will be good in a city. We'll get to it in about a week. Or so, I asked the guy to turn it off. He's like, how am I supposed to stay cool? I go, get a fan. He did not like this suggestion (laughs) from me. So it has continued over and over and over again, and he has not turned off the power to it. Now, to add insult to injury, I have my neighbor from the second floor, because when it shakes, what happens is the pipes uh, start rattling in the joists. In the wall a little bit, which sounds like dripping water, which makes my neighbor think there's a leak upstairs coming down from you and I'm getting texts from him. I'm like, no, it's the pipes because this HVAC is rattling back and forth when it shuts off. And so the pipes are shaking in the wall and that sounds like dripping water. It's the same thing that happens if your pipes are cold and you all of a sudden turn on hot water. The pipes will rattle within the joist and and as they slow down, it sounds like a drip, but there's no water coming out. So I am just having all sorts of fun to the point where I'm thinking about checking into a hotel room because I can't get any sleep. Because at three in the morning, my ceiling is rattling (laughs) every night from this HVAC unit that they won't shut off.
0: Yeah, uh, after the fire, we didn't have power here. <laughs> yeah, in my I building. know. You can,
1: you can top me. I get that.
0: <laughs> it, it, for thirty six hours. Uh, this is
1: not the game I wanted
0: to play, Chris. No, you, not- no, 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 no. But your struggle's real too, Jeff. Your struggle's oh, real Jesus. too. Well, yeah, you no. Uh, burned out of your apartment. How about that? <laughs> I received a nasty gift from Cody. <laughs>
1: Oh okay so this week in terms of wrestling after the news we will go through a pretty damn good AEW and then for all of you hell week is upon us everybody nine straight days of yeah, wrestling yeah we will preview both nights of takeover we will preview NXT UK prelude which comes before the second night of takeover we will we will preview both nights of WrestleMania, we will preview the SmackDown pre-show, quote-unquote, for WrestleMania. We will give you all our picks, and somewhere along the way this week, Chris, myself, maybe even Rob McCarron, although he has not reached out, will decide how much audio we're going to do to review all these shows. I,
0: <laughs> I could do quick hits, because okay. the odds of me watching a decent chunk of these shows somewhat live is very possible. Uh we still have that Patreon thing if uh people wanna come and check out the Patreon and you know support the show, throw throw a buck or whatever. What how how's the format even on our Patreon? Like that's how that's not how whack we are here. But hey what well, you pick-
1: want but the lowest is a dollar
0: and we may we may even throw up the videos up on YouTube or something, but but there's mm-hmm. a decent chance we'll we'll get some content out here for this because I will be watching these. They'll be quick. They're not going to be you know multi-hour. Chris thinks about his life and goes into agonizing detail on every. No, one of I these want shows. minute
1: by minute deconstruction with annotations, sir.
0: I'm gonna write a song for each one of these matches. No, no please don't. No, oh please do. <laughs> is what I heard
1: actually what you should do is go back and listen to the XFL themes and repurpose them.
0: <laughs> I, I look, I've got like a full band here. Like th- now that we have the, uh, the STR band, uh, the budget scaled up. Yeah, no, it's, it's great. I, we got,
1: we've turned into a late night show. That's great.
0: It, it's yes, it is. Ah, that's right. Ah, Jeff. Hey, hey, Paul. Ah.
1: I just like to give a message to the kids. Hey kids. <laughs> uh, to the news the big news this week and the wednesday night quote-unquote wars are over nxt to be moving to tuesday nights to make way for usa's hockey broadcasts
0: i like that it ended in a draw too in the ratings here
1: somewhat in terms of people but not in terms of the, the demo, demo as I know. They well, say.
0: yeah but like 634 to 700 is uh That's pretty much a stalemate, if you're asking me.
1: WWE has, of course, put this in the most positive light as possible, saying that the lead-in from Raw will really help NXT on Tuesdays. (laughs) I am going to be interested to see if hockey outdraws NXT.
0: When when was the last time the lead-in was like a real thing? Because I remember that growing up.
1: And the, and, and the day before.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. No, I, 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 right. So I've always understood the lead-in as like the 8 o'clock slot is the lead-in to the 9 o'clock slot. So like I remember when the late night wars were happening with like Leno and Letterman, like the lead-in was really important to Leno and Letterman and all that. But the lead-in was physically on the same day. Um and, and generally within the same hour and some uh, shows
1: had to have you know the news lead in and some would rather have you know L A Law or <laughs> not Hill Street Blues that's a little too far back uh was E R lead into the show yeah uh, it it doesn't but it's it's nice to say it's nice to to live but, in this but, world of 1995 television
0: right ratings. That, that is a su- that is a super old nineties yeah. sort of like businessy kind of framing.
1: Back w- back when Jeff had a TV career of some repute for a few months.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh I don't know. I I think it's gonna be again, you're you're fighting for the same million and a half, roughly fans. I don't know if NXT really spikes. I think AEW does and it plateaus a bit. You know, I don't think hockey outdraws either because I'm going to go ahead and call matchup.
0: my shot. I don't think AEW breaks a million because of this. I think okay. AEW peaks out around 900,000.
1: I will uh, I will agree with you there. I'm, unless they find something that catches fire. Yeah. And I don't know if they can... I, I, I don't know if they're built for that. And I can't explain why.
0: The Shaq experiment, to me, leaves this big question of if Shaq can't break the bubble what possibly can.
1: Yeah, and that and that's a, i mean characters that break the bubble are hard. Wrestling being cool is hard in this day yeah. and age. Yeah. Especially because there's so much scorn towards it from non-wrestling.
0: like 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 you know what you know what to that point like orton and lacey evans and a lot of like these wrestlers feuding with rappers soldier boy yeah that's no bueno that's not helping that's not helping the business it's 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 a bad look on an interpersonal level white
1: people in their 30s fighting with hip-hop artists is not a good look
0: a bad look but to to step away from the bad look component of this for what what the goal is for the business, which is to make the business cool, um, it is not making the business cool because well, Soldier Boy is not exactly like the new hot act, uh, you know, like like he's he's a little bit of an old flavor, but you get the idea. F- feuding with like the hot flavors of today, not cool. Bringing in Bad Bunny to WWE, a much stronger step in the right direction.
1: Let's digest something else. Following up on the news last week of Andrade's release, Charlotte Flair released a statement or her people did uh, clarifying some things. A few weeks ago, Charlotte received a call from WWE Medical telling her that her HCG levels had come back high and she was medically suspended for pregnancy. That day, she took several home tests that all came back negative. A few days later, blood work and ultrasound confirmed she was not pregnant. This was before Flair had any issues with COVID. She is currently medically clear. This put a lot of context for her, mainly how small a woman's career window is. The men are able to work well into their 50s, while the women are seen as older in their early 30s, even for an athlete in her prime these years mean everything her issue was with the process and how the information was relayed as opposed to the
0: information
1: itself uh this goes that last uh, little this-
0: blurb just sounds like Charlotte Flair's own words exactly
1: this explains why everyone was so secretive about her when she disappeared from television 2 weeks ago and was pulled from advertising. This is Dave Meltzer in the Wrestling Observer talking. WWE goes with the idea that somebody with COVID will generally be out 10 to 14 days, and she'd easily make WrestleMania with that time frame, but also of some interest. Charlotte Flair was backstage at the March 29th Raw show, but was not used. A lot of people were expecting her to be thrown in to the Rhea Ripley-Asuka match, and she was not. So Chris... Is this something, or is this not something in terms of more than health? If we're going with blind speculation? Because this is weird. I the part that I thought was very, very
0: you're moving me into this uh, this is punishment sort of camp here.
1: I am starting to think that a little bit.'m I, yeah. I, I, I'm not I'm not taking that off the table. There's a very shrewd move in that statement that Flair released to I believe it was uh Alex McCarthy over at uh I I can just think talk M sport is the is the account, but uh it it's it's the sexism angle that I find very, very interesting
0: about I this whole the, thing. Well well the the beat in the story that's particularly interesting is where WWE brought up the pregnancy. Like yeah, yeah um to have that kind of like as the auspices for this. Hmm.
1: Because I, I could see a lot of, I could see, I could see that whole, Hey, you know what? We really screwed up on the, on HIPAA or something to that effect. And, uh, you know what? We'll just, uh, we'll just let on go without that 90 day window. If, if you could, uh, you could seek to forgive us. But at the same time, Vince doesn't forgive.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Like, eh, eh, cause that'd, that'd be a form of weakness. Forgiveness is weakness.
1: And this is a very weird WrestleMania in that a lot of longtime employees are not on it. I don't say everybody should get a trophy. It's a very interesting thing where a lo- most of the matches, except for that main event on the second night, are one on one matches. But there's no Charlotte Flair. Dolph Ziggler is going to be on the Friday, quote unquote, pre show. Bailey is nowhere to be seen up and down this lineup. And she carried the company for the better part of the year. You'd think she'd get. Some sort of, you know, penance, even though the original plan fell through for her. Yeah, it, it, there's just a lot of interesting things going on, but we will uh, we'll probably get it a little bit into that when we when we preview WrestleMania. Uh, anything else on this?
0: No, not on that.
1: Okay. Uh, as was widely expected, Charlie Arnold, I believe the T is silent. Better known as Charlie Caruso has signed a full-time deal with ESPN starting this week. They love her over there. They gave her her own podcast. Wrestle or WWE eventually became uh, the moonlighting gig, the, uh, the go-out-to-dinner money. Uh, good for her. I, I like her a lot. I think she does the job well. Watch her on first take. She has a good control of studio personalities, and all that first take show is just pro wrestling anyways. And if you can get out and get more money, I'm all for it.
0: Yeah, I think this is a great move for her career, and uh, I wish her the best of luck. Like, this is exactly how you play the WWE thing. You do it for a few years, get some on-screen time. Transitioning over to an ESPN sort of model is a really natural transition because, as you just said, so much of what punditry is, whether it's sports or politics, is is very much just pro wrestling, baby face, heel dynamics. You're working in angle. This is the thing that you're riffing on. That touchdown last week was a load of crap. You're on the yes it was side. You're on the no it wasn't side. Go five minutes.
1: Rhea Ripley said that since her blow off on NXT and it being assigned to Raw, she's just shown up and sat in catering every week with nothing being told to her. She said she was told she was facing Asuka while she was there at 4 p.m. on March 22nd, which tells you how late the decision was made and when she was told.
0: <laughs> Welcome to the big leagues, kid.
1: <laughs> and we will go into Rhea Ripley's presentation during our, our preview because <laughs> it tells you how slipshod it was when <laughs> she's a baby face, which is amazing. <laughs> given her behavior, but more on that in a bit. Is uh, she a face? According to people in the company and according to the people in the Thunderdome producing these things, they are told to cheer Rhea Ripley. <laughs> So she is not a she is not a heel. you are told if you're hey, give it up and clap real loud for yeah know i
0: I would just have to rewatch the way they're presenting because no i I'm with you like there, there's a very clear answer as to how they're presenting her. I'm just thinking back to the video packages that were very heelish,
1: yeah, and then throwing a table in someone's face, yeah, unprovoked Tends to be a little bit heelish <laughs> no grabbing the brass ring, brother um. <laughs> Over in NXT UK, a couple of talents made their debut this week. Millie McKenzie, a.k.a. Amelia McKenzie, and Bobby Tyler, a.k.a. Stevie Turner, uh, shoring up the women's division out there. Uh, Millie McKenzie, a little slow to sign with NXT UK because she was part of the speaking out movement. And uh, as part of that, she was, I believe... I believe the accusation is she was groomed at an age that you were younger than you're supposed to be by one Travis Banks, and that's why Travis Banks is no longer with the company. Uh, I believe so, but uh, yeah, we're not gonna really go line by line by the NXT UK show, but uh, they 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 had her uh, they had her debut and it was fairly or re debut and it was fairly strong. She's gonna be putting a program with Kaylee Ray, uh, Bobby Tyler, aka Stevie Turner, seems to be working a bit of a. Let's see if you get this reference. Uh, the new breed kind of gimmick. She's not. She's from the future, and she's four dimensional as opposed to two dimensional type
0: yeah, of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, I got you. I got you. And no, um, we'll talk a little bit about NXT UK. I, 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 I liked it. her. Yeah, yeah, I, I like I liked her. Both. Yeah,
1: I have a little problem with uh, with with that tag match that they set up. but That'll be on our our uh, our preview. Yeah, it's just weird.
0: Yeah, no, no, weird. For, <laughs> no, for sure. The backstage stuff was really weird.
1: Uh, and finally, coming through today, AEW's Chris Jericho, following WrestleMania 37, will be appearing on the WWE Network for an interview with Stone Cold Steve Austin. The forbidden door is open in terms of that. Now... I don't think they agree to it unless AEW can be mentioned. Vince apparently has given his blessing for all this.
0: That's what this tells me, is that Vince just doesn't really view AEW as that serious of a threat to what I agree. he is doing. That's I, I, the only way to read... This and, and that, to me, is the message that Vince is sending with this. Like you guys aren't a threat. That's to me also him moving away from Wednesday. He could continue to be a suck to their ratings, but I think he has assessed that aew is not a serious threat to overtake raw or Smackdown in the overall ratings. Um, they could barely hold their own against nXt, uh, nXt u s. Um, you know, like, like they, I mean, did they win? Sure. They won against NXT An NXT product that let's be real is not the same quality of product that it was five years ago. And you know, if AEW is running up against peak NXT five years ago, Vince probably wouldn't even be thinking about moving it from Wednesday.
1: I don't think Vince has any concerns with them beating NXT from week to week. Cause no. they're not, they're not my, they're no. not my Tiffany show. They're not coming to, we still triple them on Mondays. Right. Sometimes. And I do think, I do think Vince has this weird thing about people who have made money for him, especially after coming back to him after originally leaving like Jericho, like big show. So it's like, we've basically squeezed all we could out of you. And if you're going somewhere where you're not a threat, Good luck. This will be good for you type of thing.
0: Here's another thing I was thinking about. I think Vince really doesn't care a whole lot about the Paul Whites and the Jerichos and the Christians of the world signing with AEW because it is bloating up AEW's payroll. Because you're Mm -hmm. not getting any of these guys for cheap and you are getting them for their name and not for their peak performance um which can be a fairly expensive prospect in some cases
1: final viewer numbers for um for the week AEW 700,000 NXT 654,000 54 there we go AEW tripling up in the demo pretty much though so it's it's one of those things where you know they're they're going to get the wins still but the numbers to me are a little concerning to be honest with you, I know people will write me and tell me I'm wrong on that. Given, given the current landscape of television, I understand all that. It's just the total numbers, the pie is shrinking a bit to me it's Uh, going uh, the wrong way
0: month over month year over year it's not going the arrow's not going upwards you can Mm. talk about this little subset and say in this subset it's performing very well okay well if it was really kicking ass then all those people with whom it is performing very well with so i am told would be going out and telling other people about this wonderful kick-ass show that they watch every week that is very cool that you want to watch too um and, and and week over week we would see this this thing called word of mouth spread like wildfire across the nation and People would tune in their television sets. Well, they wouldn't tune it in with a knob. They would use their remote or whatever. And they would all be watching, and we'd see the numbers go past a million. What does Raw do? Two million viewers on a regular basis? That should be where a popular wrestling show can get to, and AEW doesn't. Doesn't, I'm not saying I don't like it. I am saying that it is not by the definition of adding more people week over week. It is not a popular show. It is doing well in a small demo.
1: We will talk about that AEW show in a second, but uh, let's give a shout out to the first of our sponsors this week. My bookie marches here and madness is almost done kids. We had the final four this weekend with Baylor Gonzaga, Houston and UC L a it's time for you to shoot your shot, score the big on the nonstop action with my bookie select the winners in the my bookie bracket contest for a chance at $10,000 in cash prizes only a dollar to enter by the way baseball started yesterday lots of in-game betting for that doesn't matter whether you're filling out lots of brackets watching multiple games what have you or just betting the national championship winner or you're just simply looking for player and game props, my bookie has you covered sign up today at mybookie.ag and use the promo code ropes, R O P E S to secure a deposit bonus up to $1,000. Make sure you use our promo code. So we know, so they know that you, we hooked you up, get those, get, get those things right there. Just Hawkins. make sure
0: you know who needs to know.
1: Hey, know where your bread is buttered people. And that promo code is ropes. R O P E S to claim your first deposit bonus. College ball, NBA, NHL, the playoffs for the NBA coming up. Of course, Major League Baseball has started. I bet you there's some bets on WrestleMania if you want to make them too out there. No matter the sport, no matter the minute, my bookie puts the action in your hands with in-game live betting and with choice from thousands of lines and odds, you can turn any game day into payday. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. Oh, and another one of those fun pop culture things in a weird field of both the SAG Awards and the Academy Awards. They, you can put bets on that as well. And that's a little bit fun, especially this year, where there really not much box office. So once again, mybookie.ag, use promo code ROPES, and we thank them, as always, for sponsoring shows across the Voices of Wrestling Network. I loved AEW. Yeah, I did.
0: it was a good show. To the point...
1: To the point where I thought they almost did too much, and it's one thing where you have a huge angle on a show, and everything else is kind of you know mundane, so that it's memorable. This was memorable angle after memorable angle after memorable angle for that first hour, and it's like it's like that, uh, like tr- like like that, uh, like Trey. I want to say leche, but I don't. I, think, I don't think you say it, it's a Trey Lesh. You know, that, that milk cake where you pour different kinds of milk Trace in there. in the- Leche. Leche, thank you.
0: Yeah. I, don't, I don't speak foreign. No, uh, <laughs> uh, it's, the it's, it's, it's the three milks. Yeah, it's the three milks. Yes, the
1: three milks. Yes, and it's very rich yes. and dense, and that's what it felt like to me watching this show. I will do a little bit of script doctoring nitpicking here as we go through. Let's just play the hits here as, as I, uh, I did kind of a stream of consciousness list here. All right, Christian opening up this show. It was a good match. My worry here, and I want to know what you think here, is that this is a little bit too much like the Edge story that they're telling right now on WWE. It feels like the setup for Christian to eventually turn heel, and nobody wants to boo him.
0: I thought this they is, to- uh, I, I made this joke last week. I'm like, do you think Edge and Christian Ross they're both on the same narrative arc right now? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, so... Yeah, I, I do worry about that a little bit. Um, I liked this match. I think I liked this match a little bit more than other people because this, to me, is what I expect a veteran match to be. I liked the usage of getting the match past the 15-minute mark in a visual way um, and having the timekeeper announce that to sort of put... Subtly in the back of your mind that this is indeed a workhorse that this guy is working long. I I like the way that these two guys work. Um, I I think that they work a good mature match. Um, built around solid high spots. I've always found the kill switch to be like kind of a weird move to work into as a finishing move. Like it just it's not it's not compelling to me because that twisty thing that he has to do doesn't like uh. I don't, it doesn't feel real, but I like the way that they got into the kill switch in this case.
1: Yeah, my fear is that they're not building up Christian as a fan favorite enough here, and and with the struggle against a guy like Kaz, who is also kind of on a narrative arc of if we lose the next tag match, we split up as a team with SCU. Yeah, like,
0: and I, it's weird because they haven't really f- closed the circuit as to what's up with Scorpio Sky. And well, they
1: did. Well, they they did they did kind of this week though.
0: Oh. Well, I know he's paired with Ethan Page now, but they yes. haven't. But they did, did. he break up with SCU? Uh,
1: I believe it was one of those things where it's like I'm going to go on my way while they do their thing, and I could and the doors open for after the, that gets resolved. I think they've just kind of dropped it to be honest with.
0: You. I, I okay. So if he's out, then I have a prediction for that. I think Scorpio Sky and Page are going to beat Daniels and Kazarian, and they're going that could, to be, that. That's that, going to be. Yeah,
1: that's not a bad idea. Even though they set up the young bucks thing, that could that won't be a thing. But for me, with Christian, it's like okay, first match, straight up squash, work out the work out the ring rust a little bit. You know, you can still have that story, but it's it's just a weird story to tell. It's like, man, this guy's rusty. Let's watch him struggle.
0: They and then really signed themselves up for this big project with the outwork everything horse. Like mm-hmm. like like it, when you. Make Christian that guy. He can't just come out and have the squash match. Specifically because he's Mr. Outwork Everyone. So what he needs to do is he needs to come out and have a competitive match against someone who is ultimately going to overcome. And then that's kind of weird. So, like, this is really the best scenario we have. But this this kind of gets into the, you'd want to use him. I just hate the Outwork Everyone but, tagline. I think yeah, it's bad. Yeah, because
1: cause, cause it makes him kind of false. In a way, it makes him a liar in a way because he's not going to outwork like Kenny Omega. He's not going to... I
0: think uh, it's presentationally me, impossible, too. It's, yes. it's, yeah, I mean, it, he would have to be Rey Mysterio in 1996 to be able to live up to, like, that outworked everyone sort of moniker.
1: But, you know, on this arc, you, you know, you have him win the, win the straight-up squash against, like, a student who doesn't know anything. Then next, you do the QT Marshall type. And then you do the Kaz match, and you have him almost surprising himself at how good he still is because Frankie's been doing it every week and Christian's been off for a while. And then at the end, you know, the old gunfighter still has it. And Frankie, you know, gets props to him as opposed to just kind of being hurt. You know, hey, man, good job. High five, raises the arm. Christian has this big grin on his face that, hey, I'm back in the game and everybody's clapping and having a good time. This one was everybody's holding something after the match. Oh my God. Oh, we're all too old for this type of thing.
0: And, and he was checking <laughs> on Kazarian, but he never got the approbation of, yes. of Kazarian. I, Cause like what would have been very important, especially since Kazarian has currently been the resident workhorse veteran guy, would be at the end of the match for Kazarian to be like shaking Christian's hand and being like, welcome aboard, I respect you, essentially handing the workhorse title, the veteran workhorse title over to Christian.
1: You know, even pointing at the outwork everyone on the shirt, you yeah. know, and just patting but, him. up. Yeah, just those little things.
0: No, no, that that's actually those little things are really important though, because otherwise this match doesn't really mean what it needs to mean.
1: Jade Cargill, although still a little stiff, I loved that promo. I th- they got something here. They they got something with her, and I I liked it. I liked it a lot.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't think she's a great promo, but uh, I like her. She's
1: not yet, but she's a better promo than she was that first time out where, you know, she was kind of stumbling over sure. she got to do some retakes. This was videoed. Still a little stiff on the delivery. Has to be a little bit more natural from an acting perspective, but it was better. And you're seeing the improvement on, on her and, you know, even on Ty Conti this week as well. I mean, she just, <laughs> they're both, I mean, they, they're doing the right thing with these raw talents in, in, in AEW in terms of building. I liked the QT turn angle with Cody. I, I the, the, very, a little bit next which I dug, but for me, they make a good stable Cobra Kai style to be the main bad guys over on AEW dark, where you can build Lee Johnson as the hero fighting them. They are the, they are the minor baddies right now who will go bully the kids over on AEW dark and then when you need Cody and Dustin to get their revenge, you bring them up to a dark elevation, perhaps for, for Dustin, or on a low level part of Dynamite. And you can build them up while you cool down like a team Taz or some other heel group. And it's then their turn to, to get the spotlight. I had no problem with this. I have no problem with faction warfare, as long as the factions make sense. And this one does, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, so factions are, to me, a very value-neutral thing. It's all how you use them. But right now, with the way that they are formatting the show, they have dynamite, and then you have dark and dark elevation, and the factions are kind of perfectly tailored to fill out how you're going to format dark elevation and dark and make them sort of narratively coherent. So you can have the lower guys in the Inner Circle and the Dark Order, feuding with the lower guys in QT's faction and in Team Taz. And that makes... You can advance storylines between the factions on those lower programs while still not necessarily making those programs must-watch, but they can still be a value-added watch when you watch them. So I think factions work for AEW with what AEW is doing right now. Um, I still worry that perhaps... I don't think they should necessarily brand split, but I, I do worry that having Dark and Dark elevations perhaps a little bit of overkill, um, that maybe you only need Dynamite and Dark... Um, or maybe rename, dynamite. dark
1: rename Dark Elevation to something else.
0: yeah. Like something, but but like I I think there's maybe a little too much TV time every week right now. Um, but I, I like the factions idea. I love this angle. Um, largely okay. So first part of the match I really liked with QT and Cody, just Cody outclassing QT, um, on a regular basis, and I liked using. QT striking Arn Anderson as the pivot point because it was very important (laughs) to make sure that QT's outburst was in a way that was completely unjustified because his frustration is in fact fairly justified. Cody's a dick. Cody comes out and has his theme song play and does this big entrance and all the friends come behind and like, yeah, Cody, oh, he's so great. And then you Q- just hate Q-
1: people named Cody. That's your, pro- <laughs> I,
0: I mean, like, look, uh, the opportunity to say Cody is a dick, uh, in, in, in a context, <laughs> get that, get that thought out on the radio. Uh, it's, it's an opportunity for me. Um, but yeah, no, like I, I, It was important that QT manifest his frustration at Cody in an unhealthy and uncalled-for way, and I thought they did a good job striking that beat. Um, Yeah, the issue
1: was they needed to to connect the slight on the Lee Johnson promo with an apology from everybody for slighting QT so that QT is no longer in the right. You know what I'm saying? It's like they—they they, you know, look. They—they they tried to make nice with QT for the slight. It was an accident, but QT still holding on to this, like it was the most important thing in the world to get credit. That kind of thing. That's the missing piece here for me.
0: Yeah, the crowd chants Cody's friend at him, which uh, also makes the <laughs> the oh the crowd are also abusers in here. No, like it, it's it's very important to stick the landing with QT Marshall being a dick and like i even think he could have like i think he should have blown off red velvet and continue to have been physical like he should I, have just I yeah yeah I, I, like,
1: I, I, I like i liked red velvet's involvement in this i thought that was nice i think she does a very good job i think but yeah
0: yes but qt needed to have an edge here and i i like i have no problem with him as the faction leader I like the idea of almost uh, like a Breaking Bad sort of angle with QT where we keep making this guy a worse and worse person as time progresses. Like starting with him as like this formerly squeaky clean trainer and slowly making him worse and worse. I'm confused as to how his wife's going to play into this angle.
1: I just think they were just trying to give him some sympathy, especially after the, 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 uh, the, the... Basically, bailed on the bunny angle with him. If you remember that,
0: yeah, yeah, no, I remember the bunny angle. Yeah, he was like yeah. dating the bunny, and then she was like, <laughs> she was lying yes. to him. Yeah,
1: yes, he was dating the bunny. <laughs> the bunny. <laughs> yes, Chris, that was that was the. <laughs> that was the, the very Letterman <laughs> delivery there. Yeah, I remember the bunny <laughs> angle. He was dating. The bunny. Yes, Chris. That, that was. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Paul. <laughs> good good job on that one.
0: I uh, was <laughs> <I'm> summarizing uh, <laughs> it for the listeners.
1: I don't know why that popped me like that, but it did. Um, Ethan Page and the Scorpio Sky promo. I have a bit of a problem with a guy who's been in the company one month talking about his spot in that meta kind of way. Go out there and take whatever it is you want, as opposed to talking about corporate politics and whining about pushes. I think he and Scorpio he, are kind of on a nice... He lost that
0: match that he was in with Scorpio Sky. Scorpio yes. Sky. Yeah, yeah. Like... <laughs> now he it's and I are going to take
1: thing. And it's yeah. weird because the whole story of Ethan page. And if you watch his vlog and stuff is he's a little bit cranky about the wrestling industry. And I get that. And I think they're trying to play a little bit into that, but he, he, you know, he wanted to, he wants to be a solo star and he he comes to AEW and I like him, but it's like, and now he just, now he's back as a team and I'm just like, okay, but I like your idea of them being responsible for SCU's demise. I do. I think that's a good idea
0: yeah I, I mean it was just I a little think...
1: too meta for me for that that promo i liked the I like the framing of it. I liked the lighting the Tomac zamot type thing was kind of cool i thought yes
0: yeah 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 i know i i I like them but uh yeah we'll see. and
1: then to end the hour we had the we had pinnacle and the inner circle and the inner circle getting their revenge. Let me ask you this, because this is me script doctoring again. I think the only thing that did not hit on this, but it really mi- affected my view of the sketch, I liked the beatings. You know, I liked kind of the image of them all being in the bathroom waiting for them. It was that beat where MJF did kind of the Elmer Fudd, Daffy Duck... Boys, we got to go right now. Comedic thing. Two weeks after cutting that promo, no more of these stupid jokes type of thing. If he had just said OS oh, or whatever, you know, some expletive that gets beeped out and then he gets his ass beat while they lock the bathroom door and they're trying to break in and then, the re- and then they come out and they go after him and do that beat down, I think it's an outstanding angle. My problem was that little piece of MJF comedy I get the levity to break the tension. I get that. I just thought it was a bad move. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I, I just, I think that at a certain point, you got to go serious. And so often with the pinnacle and inner circle stuff, it, it's just, it's who Jericho is. It, MJF has a funny bone in him as well. Um, they just always have to get a joke in. Um, they always think, oh, we need to have comedy, and, and sometimes you don't. Um, I think with Pinnacle, if they're really going to be a top faction in the company, and it does seem like of all of the factions in terms of construction, Pinnacle is clearly positioned to be always in the upper third of the factions uh, in AEW. Uh, you know, with with FTR and with Wardlow and MJF, they're never going to be anything other than upper third. Uh, yeah. I, so I think it's really important to launch this faction in a strong way um, and in a serious way. I I thought the more serious iteration of the inner circle was good. Um, I did too. I think it's an improvement. Uh, yeah. I think I, proud I th- and
1: powerful's new look is pretty cool too.
0: Yes. <laughs> yes. I I think that you know the, they they're the ones who benefit the most from being presented in a more serious light. Uh,
1: I think Dawson ac- accidentally getting uh getting uh. So I'm not Dawson anymore. Was it a cash? Uh, not cash. Dax Harwood. That's his name. Dax yes, Harwood yeah, yeah. getting the, getting that accidental color really helped things quite a yes. bit on that beat down too. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I, and, it and,
0: made it look and the back to,
1: and the, and the callback to Tully Magnum with the, with the chair leg was kind of cool too, <laughs> where he has the chair leg. He's trying to jam it in his eye. I thought that was pretty cool. Overall, a good segment. It was just that one comedic moment where I went, Oh, MJF, you are the baddest man on the planet, but you got to take your beating right here. Seriously. Without, without, without the joke stuff. That was my only issue with it. Uh, anything else from AEW you want to go
0: over? Um, Don Callis, uh, the, the, the Bucks turning baby face again, or they officially, uh, I, I, I'd find Cal is chewing away Matt Jackson or Nick Jackson just to talk to Mac to be a very weird move and uh, didn't necessarily make Nick look like the smartest guy in the world.
1: Uh, I'll ask you something. I, I, sure. Because I, I realized I had kind of glossed over the main event of this show. What did you yeah. think of the main event of the show? Well, first, what do you think of the Pixies' Where Is My Mind as Orange Cassidy's new theme song?
0: Uh, it'll, I'll be interested to see how it lands with live audiences. I imagine it will do pretty well with live audiences. I can kind of, sort of, see the vision for how this entrance should go with Orange Cassidy. It's almost like, m- more like a music video in my mind. I can see Orange Cassidy as... This very sedate dude slowly meandering his way to the ring, like in a music video, more so than like an actual wrestling entrance. Um, and I don't know, I they'll they'll probably grow into it over time here.
1: Uh, I don't like the choice because it sounds a little bit too lackadaisical for him. Whereas Jane by Starship or Jen- Jefferson Starship, I forget which version. You know, it's kind of that. You know, it's that driving early eighties Pontiac Fiero type rock. And he's just coming out kind of lackadaisical. And the juxtaposition was a much stronger visual picture to me. Um, you're the music guy. When did, did you ever get into the pixies?
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm very into the pixies. Yeah, no, okay. I, I can play all that Surfer Rose album and, and most this, do Doolittle. This,
1: this, this was not on uh young suburban slash, uh, Southeastern Virginia, no alternative radio station. Jeff Hawkins playlist. And uh, have I told you my Black Francis Frank Black story ever?
0: Um, no. Hit me.
1: Okay. So circa 98 or 99, I believe it was, might have been right after the turn of the century. uh, I was doing short form improv uh, in the Valley. Uh, Friday nights, I was working the light booth and Saturdays I was performing. But in that Friday night, 10:30 1030 cast was uh, Frank Black's wife, Jean, who is an absolute sweetheart. Uh, they are now no longer together, but many Friday nights, uh, who else was in that? Cast? Oh, uh, if you know, screen junkies at all, Hal Rednick was in that cast as well. For yeah, those yeah. who were hmm. intrigued in, in, in that thing, I think those are the only real notable people who were in the theater at the time. Oh, uh, the woman who plays uh, Betty Brower, America's top Christian, that, uh, that woman, <laughs> who does uh, the, those bits oh, I've she, seen, she yeah, was in the theater yeah, 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 she was yeah, yeah. in the theater at the time, too, but she was in the main cast. Uh, but oftentimes on those 1030 shows, shows, uh, the only people who would be there would be light guy Jeff Hawkins and uh and this bald guy who was Gene Black's husband, who turns out to be the lead singer of the Pixies, but Jeff Hawkins knows nothing about the Pixies. Jeff Hawkins knows nothing about this alternative type music that they do, and it was obvious he was going through some things at the time, so take this story with a grain of salt, uh, and I probably shouldn't tell it, but I am, so I'm already there. Uh, He would oftentimes get drunk, and uh, one time uh, was in the mood, and (laughs) there are some costumes in the back, and let's just, uh, just leave it to the imagination from there that he did something... Inappropriate when drunk once. And uh and that is my my recollection of this guy who I'm told now is a musical god in many (laughs) circles. (laughs) It's so weird to me. That's like, yeah, this guy who and I think he liked me because I didn't look at him like a celebrity, because I didn't know he was a celebrity at the time. Just a nice dude but going through some things at the time, I, I think he's gotten a lot better from there, but it's just, it's just, that's my lingering memory of Frank Black. So every time the Pixies are brought up, I go, you know, I got a Frank Black story to tell.
0: Yeah. I have another friend who has a Frank Black story. Uh, and he does seem <laughs> like, uh, he seems like an interesting fellow from uh, what I've heard. <laughs> anecdotally. Uh, yeah. It, it, I like the Pixies a lot. I, I think they're a good band. Um, I don't, I don't dislike the idea of a topical song that people know as a pick for a professional. I don't either. I Um, don't either. I love it. And I think that Orange Cassidy we still have not really seen if he will catch fire with fans and live audiences. Um he still has, in my opinion, mimetic potential. Um, he, he could very quickly become a meme again in 2022, 2023, 2024. Uh, and you know, that coupled with where is my mind might actually be the thing that he needs to get to that next level that, and, and and I'll say this a good match with Chris Jericho. I think if he has a good match with Chris Jericho, he'll finally break through the big time. Nothing. Uh, okay, fine. Whatever. I'll, no, no,
1: no. I no. I agree. I. I, I was just. I, I was. I was. I was holding back because I was gonna go. Speaking of balls, <laughs> our other. Do you do you have the product around by chance, Chris? That you can show on the camera?
0: I don't. Or is it downstairs. I, I, I okay. Don't, I, yeah. Yeah. I don't have it here.
1: I do not have it in reaching distance. I was gonna do this read, but our other sponsor, welcome back Manscaped support for. Shake Them Ropes, brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over the technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide, and we have an exclusive offer for our listeners, 20% off plus free shipping with the code ROPES at manscaped.com. Now, yes, they hooked us up with a bunch of tools, and we'll bring them out next week and formulations from their Perfect Package 3.0 kit. Now, they have the best. Now, you'll want to put on the earmuffs if, if, our, if our friend the dad in the minivan with the kids is in there. Earmuffs, guys. Manscaped has created the best ball hair trimmer ever, the Lawnmower 3.0. Their third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. And uh, let me tell you, I feel confident shaving my boys... Because uh, cause COVID, I, I've gained the COVID-19, so I'm sometimes flying a little bit blind down there. And I don't want any nicks. I don't want any, you know, I don't, want, I, don't want, I, want, I don't want the boys, you know, to get in a fight down there. I, I just don't. But uh, in addition, this trimmer comes with an LED light for a more precise shave and is waterproof to make your shower shave clean and easy. that will help guide
0: the- you, too, with the LED yes, it light. Will, yeah, you, you can know. guide yourself.
1: You know, I need a floodlight though, really, because yeah. I just. <laughs> but well, it, maybe
0: maybe if Manscaped made like some sort of mirror system for your legs, so you could kind of see the angles you're not getting.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, a mirror. Make it yeah. like a, you know, but but, but right now this is pretty damn good. Uh, the Manscape Perfect Package also includes the crop preserver and anti chafing ball deodorant and mo- moisturizer. Well uncomfortable saying balls, but we're going with it. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? And yes, your balls stink.
0: Yeah, you know we do. You know they do. You know that when you don't shower for over a day, the first place where things start really kind of crossing the line. You know what you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about.
1: If you order now, they throw in two free gifts into their perfect package, a pair of high-performance Manscaped boxer briefs that'll keep your junk feeling fresh all day, and a travel shed bag to store all your grooming goodies. Right now, get 20% off and free shipping with the code ROPES at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code ROPES, R-O-P-E-S. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. And we thank them for their support
0: yeah I just wanna say it out of personal though. I'm glad to have them back uh since yeah. we had them the first round i I have used the lawnmower reliably it, in between when we had them the first time um the downtime in between them coming back uh it, i I was using it as recently as this week. um it's a great product uh it, we all have to shave. Um, this is, especially for the shower shave thing, uh, th- th- really, like, when they talk about it being good for the shower, it dry really, is really no is. bueno.
1: You got to get wet there and you got to get, you know, you got to get slick and you got it. Yeah. I like the shower aspect
0: of it. Yeah. It's good.
1: Chris, it is time. Okay. This week, this week is go season for the WWE. Four nights of wrestling, main event wrestling, two regular shows in your SmackDown and Raw, the Hall of Fame on Tuesday, all with crowds of some variety or another because they are doing limited capacity at the NXT TakeOver shows. They, of course, are letting people in in Tampa. It's going to be an interesting week, to say the least. Let us start. With the most intriguing of things, as if we don't have enough content, the boys from overseas in NXT UK are going to be doing a special thing at a special time to lead into NXT TakeOver Night 2 on the Peacock Network NXT UK Prelude. Now, on this NXT Weekly Show, we finally got... These These are non-match deals, but we need to go over the angles on there because, Chris, they, they paid off a four-year storyline... We got the heel turn by Kenny Williams on Amir Jordan. Finally,
0: this was like watching every M night Shyamalan movie (laughs) one after another. I I could not see this twist coming. Uh, I thought for sure that Kenny and Amir were going to slam dunk these titles um, and that Amir had broken through to Kenny that uh, friendship and doing the right thing is how you win titles. But uh, apparently not.
1: My one major, major problem with this was the turn because it was ill-timed. The time to turn is after he refuses to cheat and you still lose. And that's when you get mad that we could have won this had you cheated, but no, you had to do it the right way or you talked me into doing it the right way and now I hate you forever. Instead, instead, it's at the point where they can still win these things. A just decides the hell with this.
0: Yeah, so let me actually get into my serious director's notes about this match. Okay. This is not a, like, look, this is not a serious angle. We're, we're having some fun with this, but. The story here is fairly simple, right? Kenny Williams is going to turn on Amir Jordan because Amir Jordan has been saying, hey, we have to wrestle the right way, and, and he likes fun, and he was proposing that after we win the titles, we're going to dance, and we're going to have a good time, and Kenny doesn't want to have a good time. Hey. So- And so what should have been happening, uh, and and, and hey, he really, in the pre-match promo, he really painted a picture for me, a vivid one, of what the Kenny Amir title ran was going to look like, and I really felt like I got something stolen from me uh, (laughs) uh, uh, at the end of this show here. Uh, No, so during the match, and and I thought they were going there, they were doing a good job of this, what should have been happening is Kenny should have been seeing the heels cheating throughout the course of this match. And at one point, Pretty Deadly does a fun little beat where Stoker or Howley slides out of the ring and just completely runs around the ring back to the safe corner to make the tag. Um, like, rather than even dealing with any of the ring, just completely ducking out. And Kenny should have been seeing little beats of cheating throughout the match, each little thing like a breadcrumb of temptation, and Kenny's already almost there anyways. Um, and then that continues to build up to the point where he beseeches Amir, hey, let's freaking win these titles. Now, what's important in that moment, and another thing they did not earn during this, is that Pretty Deadly needs to be really appearing like They're on the ropes. Like they're actually in danger of losing this match. And when Kenny was like, go ahead and hit him with the belt, Amir. It was not like Pretty Deadly was particularly close to losing that match prior to the belt shot. Um, It's not necessarily like we would have believed that Pretty Deadly was going to lose that match with just a single belt shot. I mean, if Amir hits Stoker or Hallie, well, okay, so now Amir's covering Stoker or Hallie. He still has to worry about Stoker or Hallie, the other one who's not being pinned, coming in and breaking up the pinfall. It's not this ironclad plan and it really needs to be an ironclad plan because it needs to be the crux of Williams's frustration. Um, And then I also think that when Williams finally snaps, he needs to really snap on Amir Jordan. He needs to really beat up Amir Jordan. He needs to basically like lose the match for Amir Jordan um, mm-hmm. and, and just kind of like look at Hallie and Stoker and just be like amused as they get the win here. Instead of making it this thing where Stoker and Hallie can like soak up the victory at the end. um, Kenny Williams should still be mad. Kenny Williams should still want to feel like he's the master of his own destiny here. And part of his heel turn needs to be driven around this like, I'm in control. Even though he's not in control, even though he's losing, and the whole reason he's actually turning and snapping right now is that he's not in control. The heel turn needs to be a desperate grasp at control one last time.
1: You have given far more depth than they ever will. <laughs> turn. I think
0: way too hard about underneath all the crappy jokes. I think way too hard about this crap sometimes. Same
1: here. Uh, and you had some thoughts before we go into the preview of this about Efa Valkyrie and uh, at her match. I, I had the name up here, and I
0: uh, this is uh, against uh, Stevie Future Girl.
1: Stevie Stevie Future Girl. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Stevie Turner. Okay. So Stevie Future Girl. Is doing this entire match and we're gonna call her that like we call the whoop guy. Whoop guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stevie Future Girl. She her whole premise in this match is I am working A E I O U and sometimes Wise Valkyries uh, leg. And I, I I'm working it over. And we're doing we're like slamming it against the post, we're doing leg submission holds. All of a sudden, Eva Valkyrie fires up. With a, a like a hop off the rope into a kick into another kick as though all of this legwork never happened. It's like she's Hulk Hogan or Popeye, like no effects on this leg, no lingering effects on this leg. Chris, after this I'm match. gonna I'm
1: gonna cut you off right here. That's adrenaline.
0: That's yeah. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Feel the power. But the the thing that's important in this is Stevie Turner, Stevie Future Girl, is being presented as. <laughs> As as a talent. Like she's yes. not being presented as as a nobody uh, uh a Mel the French Hope sort of enhancement talent sort of like person. She is uh, actually at like uh my boy Josh Morell, who I like. She's being presented not quite at Josh Morrell's level yet, but like a notch below that, like someone who's gonna graduate up into that actual meaningful resistance enhancement talent thing. And so Eva Valkyrie needs to be selling this leg like Stevie Future Girl did some damage to her.
1: Triple H really likes her. Uh, She's only 24. I, uh, I... My major, one of my major pet peeves of the training style of WWE is much like I say that Penta has turned into a WWE wrestler. There's just too much of the voguing from Aoife Valkyrie and that, that 90 degree angle thing that she does with her hands and the posing and whatever. I couldn't believe when they said she was undefeated. I thought, I thought for sure somebody had beaten her at some point. But no, I think they're building her to take the title from Kaylee Ray which is mind boggling to me given they just introduced someone new as a contender. They probably should have put the belt on either Mako or they should probably just be building Zaya Brookside to take this. But we have (laughs) Aoife Valkyrie as a female UK Goldberg right now, which is amazing in many ways. I like her. I, I don't see it. And, and you know, that's,
0: that's I, my, my I, thing. Is I, 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 it's not bad, but it's like, it, it it's, uh, it's like. I Ember reserve the Mo- right
1: to revisit revisit these thoughts. By the way, don't don't yeah, say, oh, yeah, that's I, trashing her. It,
0: it, it's, there's a comp between her match style and Ember Moon's match style. Yes, um, yeah, and I, I like, I, I think I like Ember's match style more. So I do, yeah. Take that for what it's worth.
1: So we get into NXT Prelude. I wait, believe wait, hold, 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 a, hold on. Wait.
0: I want. I want to talk about Teoman and Josh Morel. I like both of these guys. I do. I do. I Morel's
1: know. Morel's fun. Morel's fun. Morel's
0: fun. And I I like Teoman's style. I think that like he's aggressive and intent. He's okay. I like You're- I like
1: his style. Once the bell rings, Yes. I hate. His, I hate the pointing to the eye. Look at me. I'm a crazy guy. You know, crazy guys don't say they're crazy. You look at them and you go, that dude's crazy. Tailman's not doing that for me. He's doing the, ooh, I'm, ooh, I'm edgy. Look at me. I'm I don't like the eye. techno I'm, music.
0: I don't like the I'm entrance. i pointing my but the, eye, Chris. The match Chris, style is eye. good. I know. He's got the crazy eye. He has the evil eye. Um, <laughs> he
1: has the sane eye and the crazy eye. And you put together like a Mad Magazine cover. He's a cyclops. That's that's well balanced.
0: That's but I <laughs> I I dug this match. This was five minutes and twenty three seconds of like fun enhancement building. Um, Josh Morrell got built up. Uh, we even had a lingering shot of a frustrated Josh Morrell at the end of this match here. Um, it was good. Uh, Teo met some resistance. Uh, I I I like him, man. I I really do. Uh,
1: I you're you're stronger on him than I. I like him. Uh, again, it just depends what they do with him from here. Like, I want to see his first feud.
0: I want to see him feuded. against Celia Dragonoff. Now, they might be a little too, like, over the top, uh, but I also could see them having a stiff as hell match that really surprises us.
1: Uh, I conti- I loved the Jack Stars-Piper Niven vignette as well. Yeah, I like know, Jack uh, Stars kind of losing it. I like this couple. I, I I get it. It's like she genuinely cares for him, and he and he's he's doing a little bit of the alien dragon off. I'm losing control type thing, but uh, I was fine with it for for comedic purposes here.
0: Yeah, I, I well I like that. Uh, Piper Niven is sort of getting at this idea that there's more to being a good. There's more to being a tough wrestler. Than just being purely physically fit in this like classical sort of way. Um, and, and, it, and it, like, this is what makes NXT UK so enjoyable and why, like, it's so great that Vince never watches this show because he would hate that <laughs> message ever getting across his television.
1: All right, now, NXT UK prelude. Pausing to see if Chris has anything else to say about NXT UK show. Okay. Uh, 3 p.m. Eastern. I believe is the time on this on Thursday uh, appearances by Ilya Dragunov, Jordan Devlin, a kid and more, but three matches scheduled. First of all, a women's tag match between Mako Satamura and Amelia McKenzie versus Isla Dawn and Kaylee Ray. Now here's my rant. So we rushed through Kaylee Ray and Mako Satamura, thinking number one, uh, Kaylee Ray was probably turning babyface due to the Ginny feud and the struggle with Mako Samura would put her over. So we rushed through that with a win on the first time to get to Isla Dawn's World of Tarot cards and <laughs> Fallen Prey UK style. Uh, because she's doing the exact same thing as Scarlet. Thinking we're setting up a feud with Kaylee Ray and Isla Dawn. Nope.
0: We're uh, setting up an week, alliance with these two who have no now on-screen have, uh, chemistry.
1: Now we ha- yes, we now have an alliance <laughs> with them, with the formerly baby-faced Kaylee Ray, with the... Uh,
0: formerly babyface faced Isla Dawn, yeah.
1: Isla Dawn, who at least... There's a little story here in Isla Dawn getting the crap beat out of her on Mako Maiko- Satamura's debut and the debuting baby face of Amelia McKenzie. What? I I just I, it this feels like a lack of plan to me this or really they were sucks planning for on doing Amelia something.
0: McKenzie. Like it I sucks I, for her and it sucks yeah. for Kaylee
1: Ray. It sucks yeah. for Kaylee Ray because it seemed like okay, now we're going to now we're going to put this hot tough ass Scottish baby face into overdrive after being after everybody's given her respect for being the cunning heel. And I was there for that, you know, even maybe flying her over to Florida for a couple of feuds here. But no, now we're going to stick her with the witch. And look, I'm all about make a I'm all about Amelia McKenzie and her ring work. And I'm all here about Kaylee Ray. I think this could be a very fun match. I just don't understand the logic and where this going and what we're building to here.
0: No, I, I I don't really get it either. I, I think it just it mishandles McKenzie, because once you illustrate, no, McKenzie, you're not destined for a match with Kaylee Ray. You have Isla Dawn in Ila your Dawn. future. Yeah, like it. it I, Isla Dawn is like when you're playing Monopoly and you land on one of the light purples. It's uh, yeah.
1: It's like you debut. Like if Finn Balor came out and said, "I'm here to challenge the champ." And and it's and like then all then right, comes Elias, gonna,
0: who's like, you comes, gotta go through comes, me first.
1: Out comes Kona Reeves or something <laughs> like that. It's like, hey man, I've been here a long time. It ain't <laughs> no newcomer gonna take my spot on a championship match. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll
0: see you at Takeover, and you're gonna be in an eight-week program with me until then.
1: With with Kona, Kona Reaves, Reeves. Yes. <laughs> Obviously, the right thing to do here would give Amelia McKenzie over the win on Isla Dawn Hopefully Kaylee Ray walks out on Isla Dawn, but I think that's, that should be the way they go here, right? Amelia McKenzie over Isla Dawn in this match.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that the faces win. Um, Mako, needs, Mako needs to get her heat back, so she needs a win here. Um, and McKenzie is the one who most needs the win out of these four, and so that means that, yeah, th- these this is a rehab match. Like, a rehab match for Mako and a rehab match for McKenzie.
1: Heritage Cup Championship number one contenders match. Noam Dar being seconded by Shaw Samuel versus Tyler Bate being seconded by Trent Seven. <laughs> I think Noam Dar's winning this by cheating through Shay Samuel or Shaw Samuel. I think Noam Dar, even after that spectacular video package for a kid, for the heat is going to win this heritage cup and do his dumb talk show segments with this cup on the set. That is my thinking. Please talk me off of this ledge.
0: No, I I think no. that's where we're going. I, I don't see why bait would have yet another match with a kid. What sense does that make? I mean, Cause, it was it, a good, Cause it was a great match. The first time it was a good match the first time, but that's exactly the type of uh bait. B-A-I-T, that you put out there to tease an audience um, that, oh, I want this for the babyface. I want Tyler Bate to win. Um, and that's Noam Dar's denying that from us. Um, but he is actually the fresh match. I, a kid is not exactly a perfect fit for the Heritage Cup narrative. All he says is, I'm so glad to have the Heritage Cup. The Heritage Cup is a cup that I have <laughs> that I'm very much glad that I have it. Um, so, Noam Dar is going to make this infinitely more interesting, even if it's in a dumb way. Uh, just because Dar is going to have more to say than, I have a cup.
1: And in a rather baffling move, an NXT UK Championship match. At the same time, where Walter's having an NXT UK Championship lot match in the of intrigue
0: going into this match, I'd say.
1: Walter versus Rampage Brown, and you can knock me over with a feather if Walter doesn't win this.
0: (laughs) I got Rampage Brown. It's going to be a route four minutes. Walter's done.
1: And the thing is, they've done the right build with Rampage Brown. That's the thing is they were doing everything right, and
0: now it's like. I was laughing my ass off during this go home. Not not because they did a particularly bad job. Actually, I want to say. Walter outclassed Rampage Brown on the mic in a serious way in that go home promo. Walter's. Mm-hmm. Walter is so good at this character and knowing how to have the heel gravitas of I carry myself with an aura. Uh, but then, like. Still being a heel, like because you know it'd be what the, the pride for the sport. I love the sport thing would be very easy to turn babyface, but Walter would be like, "You have no idea how hard it is to be great." Stuff that is like this clear dickish thing, but he says it with this absolute conviction.
1: I, I'm sorry, a correction. Walter's match is on Wednesday with Tommaso Ciampa, so Thursday. Might be a win for Rampage Brown. It might be.
0: Nah. Oh, keep it, o- keep your mind it open. Keep your, mind keep your mind open. Keep your mind open.
1: Because maybe Walter comes over to do a run here in the states, and he doesn't need the UK title, so they drop it to Rampage Brown. I can see that happening. I, I will. I will renege on my mockery of this because I have been. I have been sussed. I I won't.
0: I won't because I don't think Rampage Brown for his part really had a lot of stuff to work with here that suggested to me that he's winning this title. I think Rampage's promo was the perfunctory, let's stand him up. I like that he brought up you, you couldn't beat me when you first came over to the UK. That's another telltale sign, Jeff, that he's going to beat Rampage Brown here. Um, you couldn't beat me the first time. Um, and now Walter's like, Well, I've grown up, but I'm a man now, and granted, Walter really has grown up, and Walter really is a man now. Um, and I think what we're going to see is the man overcoming the older man. Um and Rampage Brown, who was once the top of the mountain, being you know pushed off the mountain for good and for once or for once and for all by Walter. Um, and I think it's gonna be a good match. I think it's actually gonna because the expectations are low because this feels like such a foregone conclusion. I think it's easy to forget that these two have worked together before, and Walter routinely turns in bangers and surprise bangers.
1: That is it for NXT UK for next week. We will move to the States for NXT the first time ever. A two-night extravaganza of a takeover here. First, let's get through some non-players in this NXT takeover for both nights. For angles that were done, is Caden Carter the dumbest woman on the NXT roster for continually... Rushing this throne where a thousand-year-old dragon lady lives, only to get beat down every frigging time, Chris.
0: What did she get hit with this time? Was it smoke? Smoke. Smoke
1: Smoke in the face, yes.
0: Yeah. I hate...
1: Lungs, man.
0: I hate this thing so much it's it's so it's, it's why do the worst. you care
1: so much it's obvious she's no longer your friend stop going with the dragon lady stop stop rushing the supernatural woman with powers beyond your comprehension
0: if they have mine. no plan the thing that like how am i supposed to like casey or kaden when they are absolute morons <laughs> It was so
1: weird, because at the beginning of this tag tournament, it's like, here's where they're going to get that big push as a unit, and they may go over Naya and Shayna. <laughs> now they're idiots running into this, running into Karen Q and Kabuki makeup. That's and what and they this
0: do. really was an important... That was an important crossroads for that tag team but they were ever going to have any they're hope fighting two on. They're fighting two on one. And against losing. Against her. And, and like, losing. And, and, and getting, yeah, have, having either competitive or losing affairs in two oh, on one geez. outings against Xia Lee. Li. Like, yeah, to your point, Tian Sha doesn't even have to come down to the ring. And do anything, she can just stand up there and blow the smoke in the face, and that's enough to goober out Casey or or Caden. Yeah, like they're Caden.
1: horrible, or both, because she's goobered they're, them both out at one time. Yeah, they're time, all yeah. goobers.
0: Yeah, the, the the goober squad.
1: And The other note of someone not participating in this weekend's or this next week's for festivities. Let me see if I'm a little bit off base with you on this. I like Zoe Stark. She has an odd charisma. And these were the comparisons in my head when I made them. Ron Garvin and Hardcore Holly. She has kind of that, you know that she's tough. You know that she's an athlete. She has a weird, you know, she has a, she does a kind of smile after she does her initial move where it's kind of like she's connecting, but it's not, The -the over-the-top, it's a real charisma, so to speak. She has that kind of blue-collar credibility. She still does a little bit too many flips in, you know, the sliding thing. A little bit too much of that for my liking. But there's a weird ass-kicker charisma to her that I really, really like.
0: Yeah, no, I think there's there's like a rugged thing. I want to see her work in front of audiences. I worry a little bit that, like, slowing it down with her a little bit would be good. I want her to see her in more enhancement matches and getting more wins. Um, She needs to have more outings where she's in control and really kind of honing her style. Uh, And and yeah, I don't have a problem with her not being on this card here at this point. I I like her. I I, yeah, Ronnie Garvin's an interesting comp. I kind of see it though. Um, And I like that as a
1: baby face. He he always had that kind of weird. You know, you knew he was tough, but there's you know he'd play with the. With the enhancement talent, a little he beat the crap out of him. But, you know, he could smile at the fans. He could rap with the fans. But it was always a little bit of an uneasy thing about it with him.
0: Yeah. And I like, I wouldn't mind that out of Zoe. I, I think she should be intense and she should have a little bit of an edge. Um, we like and- ass kickers
1: here on STR. Yeah. We like the ass kickers. Yeah. So night one, April 7th, starting with... Pete Dunne versus Kashida, built in a battle royale, where these dummies held on to a move to move over the top rope because and blew their shot at more money with a title. I could not believe this. I'm here for the match. The build was ridiculous. You mean we can't build something between Pete Dunne and Kashida in a couple? We had, he held on to an arm bar while going over the ropes. You big dummy. I ain't done. Obviously wins this match. Yeah. Cause you're no. never going to do anything with Kushida. No,
0: Kushida means nothing. He, he, he will never mean anything. And it's unfortunate because he's had good matches here and there throughout. There's never been anything wrong with Kushida, but, uh, uh, this company does not understand him and never will. Triple threat
1: tag team match for the vacant NXT Tag Team Championship. A match that could possibly steal the weekend, in my opinion. MSK of Wesley and Nash Carter versus the grizzled young veterans. Soon to be your WTB. Your NXT Tag Team Champions and Legado del Fantasma, the vastly underrated and not no character development team of Raúl Mendoza, STR favorite, and Joaquin Wild. Which teams beating Legado del Fantasma here, Chris, to become your new NXT Tag Team Champions?
0: I think we're building MSK. I think we're like, they really, uh, I, the MSK is not my cup of tea and I'd, I'd belt Grizzle young veterans, but I just think we're belting MSK.
1: This feels like basic main roster booking where MSK has the win and the grizzle young veterans throw them out the ring and pin one of the members of Legado del Fantasma for the heat. And now we get the chase for MSK against the Grizzled Young Veterans. I am going to go with Drake and Gibson here.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: In one of the more convoluted storylines of the two nights, a six-man gauntlet eliminator match to determine the number one contender for Johnny Gargano's NXT North American Championship on night two, Leon Ruff, Isaiah Swerve Scott, Bronson Reed, Cameron Grimes, Dexter Loomis, and LA Knight. Yep. <laughs> Interesting. I liked the Leon rough uh, you know, start to this thing. To me, fairly easy booking here, in my opinion. I think, you know, Swerve probably beats Leon, Bronson beats Swerve, Grimes beats Bronson. <laughs> Dexter beats Cameron, and then Dexter beats La Knight. I think Dexter Loomis wins this.
0: This is for the U.S. Championship.
1: This is for the match for the next night against Johnny Gargano.
0: Yeah, so it's got to be a babyface. Um, because we gotta yeah. get
1: Meathead in involved in the angle on night two with Austin Theory.
0: Yeah, it's true. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. The, this is a vehicle for Loomis. Yeah. Um, we don't care about Bonson Actually- Reed.
1: Yeah.
0: Um and Cameron
1: Grimes is so much personality he doesn't need a win.
0: Doesn't make any sense to have him go up against Johnny Gargano other than it'd be entertaining as hell. Uh but like nearly narratively... And
1: they tease and they tease and they tease Knight Gargano on the on the go home, so that means it's not gonna be him.
0: Yeah, right, right. Um yeah, the only way it would make sense for Knight is if Knight turned babyface um in a serious way. Um not gonna happen. Not gonna happen. So no, I think this is pretty clear.
1: For the NXT United Kingdom Championship, the Ring General, Walter versus Tommaso Ciampa, who cut a pretty darn good promo, I thought, on this go-home. Has the gray hair. Guess that age thing does not transfer over to the NXT roster of looking old, per se. We'll get a little bit more into Edge and his just-for-men look when we preview that. I think Walter by murder-death, and then... Maybe Timothy Thatcher shows up to make the save, or maybe he shows up to join Imperium. Chris, what do you think? Which way do we go?
0: I think you are going to be tuning in to Tommaso Ciampa versus Rampage Brown the next night on NXT. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, Um, I think that Walter... Is going to win this match? I would I
1: pop like mad if that, that be, happened. That if, if he so shows up on NXT funny. UK, no one yeah.
0: will survive. Actually, okay. Here is the thing: he'd show up, everyone would be like, "What the hell is this?" And then, like, he and Brown would probably have a banger of a match. Like, like they, you know, they if they were just given like free reign, just go and you know beat the hell out of each other. No, those guys are gonna they they'd actually have a really fun match. But okay, that aside, the implausible stuff aside, I think. Thatcher's turning on Champa. I don't think Thatcher's coming. To, I think it'll look like Thatcher's coming to make the save, um, and even the odds and that sort of thing. And right when uh, Champa needs him the most, that's when Thatcher's going to stab him in the back.
1: Let me ask you if this changes your mind, perhaps this little tidbit that was always kind of in the back of my mind. Okay. I believe Timothy Thatcher, while a Northern California resident. I believe he was originally born in the UK. Would that at least intrigue you a little bit as to whether or not maybe he and Walter get into a program for the UK Championship?
0: Okay, so in this scenario, Thatcher comes down and makes the save on a very injured Tommaso Champa after the match. Yes. Mm, yeah, that'd be. It. I mean, I I'd, I'd be in for that match too. Um, okay. I, I think here's the thing. I think Walter needs to be going up against credible threats at this point, and my only problem with Thatcher going up against Walter is that I just don't believe that Thatcher is a credible threat to win the title off of walter and so okay. I, whoever yeah, whoever i i I love that Walter's a long running champion uh, i I really do however, one of the challenges with a long running champion the same thing with Kaylee Ray. Is you need to keep escalating the level and the quality of challenger to people who you credibly believe could win the title. Mako Satomura was a really good example of like a really credible challenger, um, and I think Walter needs to be going up against Mako Satomura. Tier people in it, not just in terms of work rate. Right? Thatcher's obviously you know like a high quality wrestler, but also in terms of plausibility that this person can actually win the title.
1: I will change my call slightly here. I think here's what's going to happen. I think. Tim Thatcher joins Imperium stateside with Walter after the match. Hello, cat that just jumped on your bed. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and I think that Alexander Wolf gets shipped off to run the NXT UK faction of Imperium with one Ilya Dragunov eventually in tow.
0: Okay, you think, think Ilya is going to snap and join Imperium? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Just know. for
1: just just to give Wolf a partner kind of thing. It's not going to be the rest of Imperium. The rest of Imperium stays in NXT stateside, but we 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 end up having a UK smaller faction just to represent them. Because he was part of he was part of Ring Comp, I believe, before getting signed as well. One Ilya Dragunov. So uh, it's just an idea. Uh, finishing off the night for the NXT Women's Championship. The woman who starts fights and loses, Io Shirai, who, here's, here's my latest theory, Chris. I think I told you this. Io Shirai is a rib on Vince and what he thinks of Asuka. <laughs> just think she's crazy and spouts a lot of gibberish and, you know, you just leave her to do her own thing kind of thing. It's a joke. I don't really think that. Io Shirai, the champion, taking on Raquel Gonzalez with Dakota Kai. Chris, are we crowning Raquel Gonzalez here? Are we saying goodbye to the genius of the sky for a debut on Raw or SmackDown the next week? Or does EO continue to be the most dominant champion the WWE has?
0: Uh, I mean, I think Walter's got that on lockdown, so...
1: That's kind of true, too. I forgot about him.
0: Yeah, I mean, but... Uh, I think it probably is time for EO to move up to the main roster. Uh, Like You can't stay down in NXT forever. I I mean, you can. But I I think that it's time for her to go up to the main roster. And I think, actually, if anything, the odds of her getting paired with Asuka are very high. when she gets to the main roster.
1: I like that move. I am going to go against everything logical. I am going to say Io Shirai retains and Raquel Gonzalez gets moved up to the main roster.
0: Uh, Yeah, I could see that, too. I could see that, too. Maybe
1: paired with, like, a Sasha Banks as a bodyguard type, doing the same deal with Dakota Kai, who will unfortunately get lost in the shuffle.
0: Oh, no, you know, I got the perfect pairing for Raquel Gonzalez to really get her over when she goes up to the main roster. Tamina? No no, no, no. To me, it's oh, a good choice. Oh, you're being serious. No, that's no, that's a strong pull too. But I was thinking, uh, Reggie Bechdel.
1: <laughs> you know, I was, I was, I was falling in love with you for a while, Naya, but I found a real woman here,
0: Raquel. Come on out, mon chéri. <laughs> that moment where he whispered to Naya in front of Carmella was like a gimmick killing moment for Carmella. Oh. <laughs> Only to be rivaled by the part where Carmella goes down to the ring and then she has to apparently watch an entire video package while standing in the ring. By
1: the way, her first match since the Royal Rumble. To come out there and do that.
0: My God. We'll
1: we'll talk a little bit about uh, her and if she's going to be involved in any of these pre-show matches when we get to the main roster. But let's go to night two of the extravaganza. First night stand, second night deliver. Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart. Tank girls versus the way of Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell. I don't know. Because I don't see who Ember and Shotzi fight with after this. And I think they love this way comedy gimmick. I think Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell beat the champs and further devalue these belts. What do you think?
0: I think that Shotzi and Ember are destined for a feud and that the the whole Ember's Way thing is setting up Ember's eventual heel turn. However, we have not gotten far enough along in establishing Ember and Shotzi's f- friendship at this point to make the departure meaningful at this juncture. And I think by NXT standards... Uh, they still have some work to do, and so I don't see Candice and uh, Indy winning this match. I think I think we may see a little bit of the dissension begin to form between Ember and Shotzi, it'll, but it'll be just like a mild, low-level frustration of Ember towards Shotzi. Like, Shotzi will be completely oblivious to it, um, but Ember will slowly start to get a little bit frustrated with Shotzi.
1: Speaking of the way Johnny takeover one John Gargano taking on the winner of the gauntlet eliminator who we both think will be Dexter Loomis. How overbooked will this be with Austin theory or are we going to get shocked and are we going to get some sort of work rate match here from one Johnny takeover and maybe it's somebody else like swerve.
0: Um, I think it will be overbooked. Um, I, Dexter Loomis could win this title.
1: I think so too.
0: Yeah. I think Dexter
1: Loomis could win this
0: thing. I think, yeah, I think Dexter Loomis is a real threat to win the title here.
1: And then the comedy of Gargano losing it and blaming Austin Theory and all those new skits that will come. This is what Johnny Gargano is now.
0: This is Uh, the problem with the way thing is that, like, it, it is so skits dependent that it gets away from the thing that Gargano does best, which is the wrestling, uh, the skits and the charisma stuff that him and Candace are finding isn't bad by any stretch, but it doesn't allow for Johnny to do what Johnny does best.
1: I think all the titles might be changing Uh, over the two nights, which is very interesting. For the NXT Cruiserweight Champion, champion versus champion Jordan Devil and the Irish ace taking on Santos Escobar, probably with Raul Mendoza and Joaquin Wilde in tow, in a ladder match to determine the undisputed champion. Heel versus heel, probably other than the Shawn Michaels thing, my favorite build because it was just two cocky jerks saying I'm the champ and being jerks about it. Chris, is Jordan Devlin long for the States or is he getting shipped back out to NXT UK?
0: I think Devlin wins his match. I think that uh, I think he beats Escobar. So, And he's got a sort of face here.
1: I agree. I think Jordan Devlin's sticking around NXT for a while. I don't know what... Uh, you need to rebuild Santos after the carry and cross angle some way.
0: I don't know how. And it's hard to rebuild I, them as the Cruiserweight champion. So, if you're going to rebuild Sant- like Actually, I'll tell you how you rebuild them. You have Santos go and beat Dexter Loomis.
1: There you go. That's a good idea. I, I think this match is going to be sneaky good. I love Santos Escobar. I think Jordan Devlin is sublime in so many ways.
0: Yeah, uh, there's a lot uh, yeah. to like about Jordan Devlin and I love Santos Escobar. This is a match that over this next week here, this is one that I definitely have circled on my calendar of like, I, I can't wait to watch this one. I am looking the forward to it. The latter
1: part worries me because then you get into setting up spots and Man, check yeah, off ladder point, here. I wish they were
0: just having a straight up match. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm with, like, I wish they were just having a straight up match. The ladder I don't think is a value added.
1: Or one one ladder only. That's what I want. I don't want multiple ladders set up. I don't want this to be a money in the bank type of thing. Just one ladder. like
0: I don't want table spots or chair spots either. I just want... Just the ladder. Just the ladder. Just the ladder.
1: Like, Like HBK and Razor Ramon. That's what I want. Very simple. An unsanctioned match. Hell of a video package for this, despite some of the hiccups in the build. I believe Jeremy Borash was behind this package and it made Adam Cole look like a million bucks again versus just a screaming, cocky, whiny guy. Adam Cole taking on Kyle O'Reilly in an unsanctioned match. Does it stay one-on-one? Do we get appearances by Strong, Fish, or... Uh... What's his face? Kid from NXT UK that had the knee injury. Uh... The Pageboy cap, the club.
0: Oh, uh, remember him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know who you're talking about. Uh, 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 uh Hat Finnegan.
1: Yeah, <laughs> well, you know who uh, we can't remember the <laughs> yeah, name right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would really like them to keep this one simple and just have Kyle O'Reilly win because this might be Adam Cole's swan song in NXT.
0: Yeah, I think also Kyle O'Reilly, if you look at the way these takeovers have gone, Kyle O'Reilly's due in for a signature win at a takeover. Yes. And so, and Adam Cole, unless you were going to put the belt back on him, and I don't think they, they have any intentions of doing that, nor should they really, uh, it's time for Adam Cole to move on. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly needs to win the IP of the Undisputed Era, so that he can make the sale to Cameron Grimes. Obviously, Roddy Strong's a bad businessman. He'll never make that sale. Kyle O'Reilly ought to make the money off <laughs> of the remaining IP. Um, ought to get the armbands. Um, maybe... Who
1: gets Bobby I, Fish in the divorce?
0: I, 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 like What I'm interested in is like the Roddy Strong-Fish component of this. Um, I'm wondering... Okay, so I'm thinking maybe... They all turn on they Cole reaches out to them, they turn their back on Cole. And so like essentially what what sends off Cole is the three of them. Okay. All ba- yeah, unified front sort of thing.
1: Finally for the NXT championship. Finn Balor the champion versus the former champion Fallen Prey, as we call him here, carrying cross with Scarlet. Are we getting Keith Lee fireballs in the contract supernatural crap, or is this just going to be hard hitting stuff, you know, with a lot of belly to back suplexes from carrying cross, trying to break Finn Balor's shoulder type thing. Who do you have winning? And uh, is it relatively clean or is it going to be one of those scarlet? My God, what happened her? She drove a nail into the eye or whatever type thing. How, how's this going down?
0: I, hmm, hmm, this one's tricky because the person we're building is I'll Kyle let you think, O'Re- I'll let you think. Yeah, it no, no, a no, no, I, I, I'm going to think it out loud. The person we're building is Kyle O'Reilly, right? Like beating Adam Cole, and I think Adam Cole's losing, I, think, I feel like that one's pretty solid. We're building Kyle O'Reilly, he is going to be a title challenger at some point. There is a story that has been told between O'Reilly and Finn Balor. Um and Finn Balor and O'Reilly meeting up again ultimately does have some intrigue. We told that story at the previous takeover. You could build on the prior match that has to like real depth to it. Um, however, and Balor hot off a big strong. Like not overbooked wrestle crap fireballs all over the place, sort of win over carrying cross, fallen prey. Like if Bauer beats the shit out of Fallen Prey and like gets a big strong win over fallen prey, Bauer's white hot for an angle against Kyle O'Reilly at that point. Um and then when O'Reilly beats Bauer, it really means something. Um however, they like carrying cross. Obviously, he is very much a WWE looking guy. He had mm-hmm. that abbreviated title run. Um, I could see them wanting to put the belt back on him. However, I could just as easily see them wanting to call up Karrion Cross to the main roster here and bring up... Scar- and frankly, Scarlet and Carry That entrance is a main roster entrance that has been trapped on NXT... Oh, for you're stealing my
1: thunder, you son yeah, of a bitch yeah,
0: going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so I am going with Finn Balor beats Karrion Cross. that the prediction and the prophecy of Scarlet is wrong and that Balor wins and that we're, we're arcing back to O'Reilly versus Balor 2.
1: My original thought was Karrion Cross by murder death. I thought they were going to give the belt back to him in a strong way re-establish him as the champ that he was and go on their merry way. I no longer think this because they are starting to bring back crowds. So they're going to start thinking ahead here. I think it's a tough match. I think Karrion Cross takes a lot of this match. But I think Finn Balor wins and then we don't see Karrion Cross until we get that first arena show on the main roster. And yes, we're getting the smoke and the smoke show and fall and pray, <laughs> kind of thing. The end is is near. near. Yes, because Vince is going to have a chubby over this, and he is going to want to put it. We're gonna we're gonna make somebody oh, a huge star hot. on this first thing. That,
0: that, they're she's gonna hot. think she's hot.
1: Yes, that too. Yeah. So I think uh, I think possibly on that first Raw or SmackDown where you have a full house, I think I think we take him off for a while so we forget about him then we bring him back for that. But yes, I think Finn Balor and KOR is the way to go. That is NXT. That will be midweek. Now we get into the granddaddy of them all, WrestleMania. One match that is not on any of these cards that I think will probably be added to a pre-show of one of the nights. I believe this women's tag team titles will be decided in a gauntlet match of some sort with Nia and and Shayna probably coming out last. Your teams were the ones that were in that brawl tonight on SmackDown between Tamina and and Natty, the Riot Squad, uh, Lana and Naomi, Mandy and, and Dana. And because they teased it, I do think we're getting either we're either getting Carmella and Billy involved in this match or we're getting a swerve from either Billy bringing in Peyton to reunite them because they're not going to do anything with Peyton or we're getting Carmella bringing in Bailey or we may get Carmella's out there saying she wants a three woman new day faction kind thing with Billy Kay and, and, uh, and Bailey. And I'm kind of here for that. I really am. Because they're not doing anything with Aunt Pam. And that's a damn shame. So I think this happens if there is a tag team match of some kind. Do we have the same women's tag champs going in as uh, coming out?
0: No, I I think there's like clearly no emotional involvement in this company for Nia and Shayda to have the belt still. And I think that they've currently been holding these belts to WrestleMania this whole time. And the fact that uh, our boy Reggie Bechtel got paired with them tells you that, like, they just don't care anymore. Like, and Shayna Baszler's presentation is... Remember when I gave her worst presentation of the year last year? Like, like uh... I feel really, really good about that pick. It gets worse just and worse. She wins in the
1: dumbest. She loses in the dumbest, in the dumbest way,
0: the dumbest way as possible. the The Tarifuta clutch went from a thing that, like, was like this super protected finisher to a thing that she's too stupid to let go of. And the, <laughs> like, what the hell?
1: Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I think that if Carmella shows up in this tag match, she's going home with the tag championships at some time. And the real losers here are are the Riot Squad, who they did that whole angle with about getting together and then possibly then winning the titles, and they never pulled the trigger on them. Probably because Vince doesn't like Ruby. I don't know. Maybe he does. I just, it's so weird to have that long story and no payoff. Same with Lana. Long story, no payoff. And your tag champs are going to probably be Carmella and Billy Kay after this thing.
0: Uh, it might be a so placeholder run for Natty and Tamina.
1: Could be. I, yeah. I don't see much in them. but yeah. They
0: are moving their way up the tag division. They're making some noise, Jeff. I've been hearing that.
1: In Friday Night SmackDown, we're having a four-way tag match between teams that are always combining and fighting each other on weekly SmackDowns. Between the dirty dogs of Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Root defending against the Mysterios. The Street Profits who, yeah, why would you want to put Montez Ford in front of a stadium crowd?
0: Here's the... The street Profits are a group that is the hardest hit by the departure of Andrade because now they will no longer be able to have matches with Andrade and Angel Garza every week.
1: And and also, of course, the Atlas Aca- or Alpha Academy of Chad Gable and Otis
0: <laughs> tagging with Dolph Ziggler, Water Under well, the Bridge, all is fine there. Yes.
1: Yes, and that, uh, and they just did it 3 weeks ago. The Mysterios are walking out of this with the tag titles. Right?
0: No. I don't think so. Okay. I think I they think, are. I think they aren't. I think that like the dream's gonna get denied by like the Alpha Academy. Maybe.
1: Okay. Or you know, I you know, the my the most Or the, the street the smartest profits story. turn
0: heel. I, I like I could see that. They were coming. teasing
1: that they were teasing that for a while if if they do turn heel, then the dirty dogs are retaining because then they're going to, they're going to put the street profits against the Mysterios probably. So, um, Oh, yeah, I guess rude and Ziegler retain then. Yeah. I'll, I'll go with that. Yeah. Also on this show, the Andre, the giant Memorial battle Royal. Now this was not, uh, in the age of COVID last year's was skipped Chris, I will give you a crisp $5 bill. If you can tell me the last superstar to win the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal and who that person eliminated to win it.
0: It was. It was Braun Strowman. You're reading this,
1: aren't you? You son of
0: a no. No, (laughs) no. I'm making this. I'm pulling this. Okay.
1: Yes, it was Braun Strowman.
0: And he eliminated Baron Corbin.
1: That is incorrect. Damn. You were close, though. I thought you were reading that. I was going to No, son- no. You- that tricked me. No, no. It no. was Braun Strowman yeah. in New York Metropolitan Life Stadium, eliminating the second worst weekend update anchor in Saturday Night Live history, Colin oh, Jost.
0: Colin Jost. There we go. Worst wow. being
1: Jimmy Fallon. Uh-
0: <laughs> <laughs> what, you mean laughing at all of your own jokes and breaking the seed constantly isn't hilarious?
1: <laughs> oh, yes, he's so clever.
0: <laughs> His only function on Late Night Now is to remind you that the thing you are watching is supposed to be funny and assure you that the thing you're watching is funny, even when you feel pretty confident that what you're watching is actually not funny at all.
1: WWE official Adam Pearce announced the combatants for the prestigious, it's a prestigious award, free for all, (laughs) that will include, how is this for a list of just geeks? Uh, Akira Tozawa, Angel Garza, Cedric Alexander. We'll talk about all those probably when we talk about Drew McIntyre versus Bobby Lashley. Uh, Elias, Eric of the Viking Raiders, Oh yeah. Grand yeah. Metal League, Umberto Carrillo, Jackson Riker, Jay Uso, Kalisto, King Corbin, Lindsay Dorado, Mace, Murphy, Mustafa Ali, Ricochet, Shelton Benjamin, Shinsuke Nakamura, former WrestleMania headliner, Slap Jack.
0: Yeah! Yeah. Yeah.
1: T-bar. And in a triumphant return from obscurity, Tucker. Chris. Out of this all-star. Slapjack. Crew of a it's lo- slapjack
0: slapjack's going to win.
1: <laughs> of a locker room. This is, that this
0: is it. It's happening.
1: Guys emasculated by Drew McIntyre for 30, Alex. I am gonna go with Shinsuke Nakamura winning this thing. It just or Ricochet. <laughs> Here, bring this hey, that statue's taller than he is. Go go drag uh, that no, thing around.
0: It was so great. Hey, I respect you for standing up to me. Let's have a match. And then they have a three-minute match where Ricochet does about as much as like a guy can do in three minutes. Um, and then loses. And I guess we're it, doing
1: this now. Hey, how come you guys aren't taking him up on that bounty? <laughs> it's like, well, you know, because you're a bigger guy than us and the element of surprise. And then he goes looking for a fight and starts just smacking these guys around. It's just such disrespect to everybody. And all these characters are now dead.
0: Yo, dead, Strowman dead. is dead. dead. He's dead. T- I don't care. We'll get to him, hey. too. Yeah, they tried to protect him by, like... But they put him in the middle of that and, like... Save it. Save it. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. but,
1: yeah, you're right. You're right. Oh, God, yeah, I forgot he was in the middle of that. He's
0: in the middle of that, too, yeah. So he's an idiot, and he's an idiot, yeah. (laughs) Oh,
1: jeez. Uh, That will do it for Friday. I assume something might be announced. Maybe Charlotte and Bailey will do something wild and get on this card. Can can you
0: imagine Andre looking down from, from the heavens up above... As we're closing out Friday night, fireworks going off, crowd of tens of thousands cheering, slap, Jack, slap, Jack. <laughs> As he's holding up the statue, a young child starts crying and then covers his, covers his face with a slapjack mask. Uh, it's going to be beautiful, man.
1: Uh, and and Slapdale will just be doing that weird thing with his head in <laughs> the hockey
0: mask. <laughs> and, and thousands. <laughs> They'll oh. all be doing it. Thunderdome people will be doing it. It'll be great.
1: What are we doing with our lives? We can talk about the two main roster shows while we go through this. Keeping in mind, we have not seen the go home shows for either, but let's put it this way the person who's. Not standing tall is the person who's losing, probably, given WWE booking. But starting on night one, April 10th, Cesaro versus The Drip. (laughs) Seth Rollins. God, that suit. In a singles match. How many spins does Cesaro get, and how does does Seth Rollins screw him out of the win?
0: 37. Okay. Yeah, it's going to be the... Yeah, 37 in a row. Yeah, 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 right. right. (laughs) One, because of the clerks reference it, and it will pop all the guys in the back. Two, because of the WrestleMania being 37 and him wanting to have a WrestleMania, like the number of swings correspond with the number for WrestleMania. And also because Seth Rollins said, you'll never get it above 22 and 37 is like a good number above 22 that actually feels like meaningfully above 30, 22, but also is still attainable. So I think it's 37.
1: Do you have Seth Rollins winning this? No. Okay. I, I did it first. And now I, I think it's time to give Cesaro a nice little singles win.
0: Yeah. I think he's getting a singles run.
1: In a battle of the brains. Steel cage match.
0: Which is like <laughs> when you have a feud that's around who's stupid. Having a steel cage match really makes sense as a stipulation. You're dumb. Let's fight a steel cage.
1: Braun Strowman versus Shane McMahon in a steel cage match. Elias and Jackson Reed are getting their ass beat during this match at some point. Chris, I will put this question to you. Is there any other ending other than Braun Strowman throws Shane so hard into one of the cage walls that it collapses and he rolls out of the cage onto the floor and wins the match?
0: Yes, it's the only, like, there's no way for Braun to end up being smart here. Or, or like, I guess, I guess Braun could have some sort of plan to outsmart Shane. But.
1: Diagramming sentences in the middle of the match, you
0: know? No, like, like Shane has a plan and Braun has outthought him and anticipated what Shane's plan is. Something like that but this is going to be dumb uh.
1: speaking of dumb and this is just the build only the new day of Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods defend their tag team championship against AJ Styles and the mauve shirted omos we had jenga we had <laughs> Uno. We had Connect Four. This thing of playing the newlywed game week after week after week
0: did and, nothing. And like Woods and Kofi almost come off at like n- not full on heelish, but like almost is right. The Jenga and Yahtzee and whether you're on each other's Twitch streams and all this stuff is absolutely irrelevant to the actual challenge at hand. And he's very likely going to be vindicated at WrestleMania for this belief when he ends up winning this match. So I think like it, th- this has gotten a bit silly.
1: Almost is going to break that plastic trombone in half. I can guarantee that probably more than likely.
0: I think he's going to dominate Kofi and, and Xavier. I think Kofi and Xavier are going to be showing a lot of ass for Omos and uh Omos is going to look really dominant and strong in this win here. I thought he did yeah, a is, he, too is, much. He gonna,
1: is he is he going is are they going to win? Is Omos going to yeah. just murder death Xavier yeah. Woods and and pin him? Okay. Yeah. I I agree there. I I would really like this match to take a turn for the Oh my god, I did not see that coming in terms of Kofi and Xavier being playful, and just Omos just does something brutal to a guy and shuts them both up. Because I'm a little bit annoyed, to be honest, with Kofi and Xavier right now.
0: Yeah, no, I'm with you. I I, I would actually, I I think it would be, it would be a very fun match if Omos kind of goes on a rampage on Xavier and Kofi, and on the side of the ring, AJ Styles is kind of like, oh, and he's mirroring the reaction that we at home should be having about Omos. Like, we've seen this guy for months. I didn't realize what this guy was capable of. And like AJ Styles selling that on his face as he's just devastating Kofi Kingston and Cole on commentaries putting over that Kingston's a former champion. Um, and that the New Day were the super dominant tag team and Omos is just decimating them. Uh, popular WWE word. Uh, like Like, actually kind of leaning into that heavily i think that could be this could be a very successful debut vehicle for omos i think the tree slam is a good finishing move for him it's easy it's simple it's devastating looking um i wouldn't want to take it although it also looks perfectly safe the way he does it um so yeah like yeah i i I like this and i think that they're winning
1: Bad Bunny with Damian Priest, who a couple months ago was a rising star until they stuck him in a 20-minute match with Elias. Taking on The Miz with John Morrison. That video, that's what you call going to the well once too often. That first rap video they ever did was funny. The one they did this week was dumb. Here's my prop bet, Chris. Does Bad Bunny do a dive? And does the Miz actually catch him? <laughs> I, I know that, that, that's that's.
0: I uh, you give him the Uso treatment, right? Yeah. Uh, the Sammy Zayn
1: treatment, I, as I recall, I, that I one got, time. I got uh. you, J. Uso. I got
0: you. Ah. Hey, 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 yeah.
1: Crocodile arms.
0: Yeah. The. Uh, uh, it's very weird. The Miz. It's very weird to have the Miz and Bad Bunny doing this solo when the actual workers of both of these duos are standing on the outside of the ring.
1: Eh, Unreal. Uh, Like,
0: Priest and Morrison are the ones you actually want to see have a match, uh, not Miz and Bunny. Miz and Bunny really should be standing on the ring for most of the match.
1: Yes, but everything's backwards here. Yeah. Bad Bunny's going to...
0: Bad Bunny, Bunny He's the to most win this coordinated bash.
1: fella. He ain't the most coordinated fella in the world. Uh, if you've seen him do like celebrity basketball games. So this, this, could be, uh, this could be fun for the car wreck aspect of it. You know, it's funny. Bad Bunny should win. But there's part of me thinking, you can't have a celebrity go over one of our guys. Yeah, but <laughs> I think... Even though the celebrity goes over every time. Uh, you know, I could see like Damian Priest like interfering, and then that gives Bad Bunny the win. So, so it's like, and then the Miz gets mad about getting cheated, and he's like, <laughs> which would just be stupid on its own, right? Because we got to protect the Miz and his world champion credibility here.
0: That, protecting uh, yeah. his world champion credibility was a real focus in the build up to this WrestleMania. <laughs>
1: Yeah, Bad Bunny. No, Bad Bunny's gonna, you know, do a Canadian Destroyer. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna be Stephen Amell in there. That's what's gonna happen. <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna watch. He's gonna turn into Pat McAfee before our eyes. Yes, Bad Bunny wins. Probably a run-in of twenty seven, 7 geeks at some point in this match, too, I would assume. Just all the smoke and mirrors that you expect. Speaking of bad decisions, the Hurt Business was broken up this week in one of the most baffling decisions ever because, number one, we got to make Bobby Lashley a bigger star. Number two, we're bringing in Baron Corbin into this angle where they had to clarify he's not a member of the Hurt Business, which is akin to replacing Arn Anderson in and the Horsemen because they're getting cheered with the honky-tonk man. I mean, that's just, we need heat on Bobby Lashley, brother. So we're bringing in Baron Corbin and you ruin something visually cool if they had backed off of that Cedric being the bad seed of the crew and just had them be just cool African-American wrestlers who look great in suits and are confident and have all the gold. They don't do factions well. I don't even think evolution was that great of a faction. It had great parts. But as a faction, it kind of stunk, to be honest with you. Especially the clownish way they viewed uh, Flair. But this is what they do. You have the star, and then you have red shirts. And then eventually you have to get rid of the red shirts. And the red shirts feud with each other. And nobody's helped other than the star. I was angry at this. I thought it was just closed-minded and reeked of no creativity whatsoever that said Bobby Lashley with MVP taking on Drew how come you're not attacking me how come you're not attacking me
0: this is McEntire. your big chance step up and hit me
1: for the WWE championship are we re-coronating Drew McIntyre here, or are we going with Lashley as some sort of star?
0: I think we're, I think we're recoronating Drew McIntyre, and I think the plan is to turn Bobby babyface in the wake of this. That like Bobby MVP
1: interferes and he gets mad at MVP, MVP and he hits him. Yes,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. That MVP's holding him back now too, which will be. Ironic, because nothing could be further from the truth in reality.
1: Exactly. This, this act worked. They because have, MVP...
0: And, yeah. These two guys make sense together in a way that neither of them individually make nearly as much sense.
1: Yes. So dumb. And finally, headlining night one, Sasha Banks, your WWE SmackDown Women's Champion taking on Bianca Belair. Chris? Sasha Banks is 0-6 at WrestleMania. She has been healed up quite a bit here for this match. Are we going to pull the trigger on Bianca, or is this the Rhea Ripley consolation prize from last year where just being here is good enough?
0: I think. I think Sasha... Has, has a streak going. I think she's going
1: 0-7. I want her to go 0-21. Yeah. 0-21 And, 21
0: <laughs> and then win the last match. I would actually... It would be very funny if she never wins a match at WrestleMania and that's her gimmick.
1: I am of the opinion that there's a chance that we get an Eddie Chris Benoit moment between Bianca Belair and Rhea Ripley after those two matches where it's like, this is the new generation of women type of thing. I think there's a chance of that. I'm a little hesitant to say Bianca Belair wins this because I think Rhea Ripley's winning out of the gate because of the way they botched her last year. And I don't think they do both. I could see Bailey appearing here to screw Bianca.
0: I could see 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 Reggie reappearing. To to screw over (laughs) Sasha, though, too.
1: That, too. And that could be
0: that could be the face turn.
1: Yeah, the, you know, the, we we had Reggie mentioned in 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 the in the promo today. Reggie could show up here.
0: I mean, and he is on one of the top challengers for the belt after Bianca wins it. I'd say.
1: I will go strong and say that this is going to be a ceremonial win for Bianca Belair, but they soon thereafter take the title off of her. But I think for the moment, they're going to give her the moment. So I will go Bianca Belair beating Sasha Banks here.
0: Yeah, I think Bianca beats Sasha. All
1: right, then that ends night one going over to night two. (laughs) Let's start with perhaps the most egregious use of live sketch television in the modern era in WWE as Riddle doing a live tape of a skit blows his line says, I don't remember what I'm saying, and then bails on Asuka, who already is hampered by the English language and not being clear on it, has no clue what's going on, looks around, and just walks away. Egregious violation of improv protocol to leave your scene partner there hanging to the point where they made fun of it on WWE.com with Seamus doing the same sketch to her and running off with the thing. But we've add we've added animated birds to Riddle's interest, much like we've added Choo Choo Train sounds to
0: Amos. Yeah, I'll tell you that no the choo-choo trains are to Strowman. Cause we really we want to beat this. That's right. Yeah, no, no. If it was Sheamus, that'd be one thing. Strowman was at no, one point. No, I want, point. I want,
1: sh- I want like shamrocks or leprechauns yeah. coming out of no, Sheamus' no. ass when, when,
0: when he hits the brogue kick. Shamrocks and horseshoes and other lucky charms. <laughs> lucky charms should, charms? should fly out of the opponent. Like, like he hits him, and, and like, yeah, like Biggie explodes. <laughs> little shamrocks, little,
1: anima- little little animated horn swoggles coming.
0: Yeah. Out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> My God!
0: Uh, <laughs> uh, it, 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 Matt Riddle. The the birds flying out of him. It. It's like uh, does Vince or, or anyone who writes this show know anyone who has ever smoked weed? Because you, you, we can you, ask like, our boy.
1: We can ask yeah, our boy. if, if I, I, I
0: you you're gonna have to convince me that they do. Because when I watch this TV show, I'm not seeing it. <laughs>
1: And, Chris, I have the most surefire prop bet of the year. We are getting a Riddle and RVD sketch where they say dude and bro to each other, and that's the only words they say to each other. Dude. Bro.
0: Dude. (laughs) Bro. I hate it. This Riddle character is also a bit of a heel for me. Um, and when he attacked Sheamus after the match, like the, the, the ultimate intrigue to me for this Riddle character, and if I was writing this, and I was going to write this type of stoner character, I would write him like a heel. Like, this is a guy who smokes so much pot... That he's completely up his own ass. He's utterly aloof. Um, he thinks everything's a joke. He doesn't take anything seriously, even though there are serious things happening around him all the time. He's this champion. He has no sense of prestige. Being the U.S. champion is a joke for him. It's a prop for him to ride around in a scooter. And you and I would have him going up against a guy like Sheamus, who like just wants to fight. Um and cannot stand that he has to deal with Bong Boy, uh, in this title defense at WrestleMania. Um, I'd book, I'd be booking Riddle as a heel. Um, but that's just me.
1: I think this could be sneaky violent for the short time they're given. Yeah, because they're both hard hitting dudes. But I think Riddle takes this and defends the title. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I, I think I think Riddle wins. I think Riddle wins.
1: In a singles match, I don't know if they added a stipulation for this one, but they did add a celebrity to it. Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn with Logan Paul somehow involved in this. Let me state this. The trailer was fantastic. Sami Zayn's dumb enthusiasm was unrepentantly stupid for this Logan Paul fella. And Logan Paul despite the hatred of him as internet celebrity and the controversies that's followed him about some of his stunts. Sneaky, sneaky good in these vignettes today. At ease, was not stiff. His delivery was great. He seemed happy to be there as opposed to
0: he understood the dynamic between him and yes. Zane, and, and did yes. not break that tent. He knew to be standoffish. He he didn't break, and seemed like he was having a good time. He you know didn't corpse. He didn't Jimmy Fallon it up. He, nope. he played it. He played it straight. Like I'll, I'll get and I'll even like, with the and, and even I don't with on the, the dude. I don't think highly I of the either. dude. I don't either. Um, you don't but, have to. I'm just, I'm no, just going no, no. based on his I'm assa- performance. I'm assessing, I'm assessing his on-screen performance. Um, I There was, there was some, blowback, was there was well some
1: blowback online of some people who were like, man, that was pretty good from Logan Paul. Well, don't you know that he did that thing in the Japanese? Yes, we know that aware, he and his no, brother it, it are it sucks. grifters.
0: Th- yeah, his no, brother it and him rough.
1: are grifters. We get that. But you know, as opposed to saying... Wrestling
0: say, is a grift. like, like He's a grifter. This might actually be a really nice home for him.
1: LaMelo Ball is a grifter, too, but he sucked when he was on Raw, if you recall that, with he and his family of basketball players and the, and the big what? baller brand.
0: Did he drop it in, Bob? I, yes. Yeah. I think
1: so. Yeah. He got so worked up by the work turned to do a shoot, but I also liked the dynamic between Logan Paul and Kevin Owens with the, hey, I'm a celebrity. He gets shoved. It's like, hey, what the heck was that? Logan Paul's eating a stunner. I think if he's not stunning, he's not stunning I, no, no, no. Owens I, for the I, win.
0: I think Logan Paul is going to low blow Owens and allow Sami Zayn to win.
1: I will take that too. Kevin Owens is jumping off that pirate ship. He has already said he has dibs on it. So I guarantee that's probably happening in this match. Uh, I'm here for this. This is going to be sneaky good to me because Owens and Zayn just
0: work so well together. I yeah, uh, You I think, think Sammy, you think this Owen and Zayn's pairing can work?
1: Yeah, maybe. You know, maybe. All I right. think I think I'll there is. I will I will go with a prop bet here. I think there is a possibility that the camera crew for Sammy Zayn will be filming this match. Will be Ever-Rise in disguise, and they will take some bumps, but they will not be mentioned as Ever-Rise necessarily. But both guys in this match really love Ever-Rise because Ever-Rise rules, as you know. But I do think they will be the camera crew. I think they'll be taking some bumps as well. So I'll I'll go with that.
0: Uh, I'm not going to lie. Ever-Rise being paired with this heel iteration of Sami Zayn has a lot of intrigue for me.
1: Not only that, I would love for them to turn on Zayn and for Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn to take on Ever-Rise. I would be here for that every day and twice on Sunday. Now, in a very interesting turn of events, we were having some in-camera promos on SmackDown, which... Buys for me, even though, <laughs> even though Baron Corbin, I'm a king and I have a $45,000 watch. Okay, great. But then we also had Apollo Crews looking into the camera and saying, We're going to have a Nigerian drum match for the WWE Intercontinental Championship. People will be playing on drums and it's basically no DQ. But we're getting musical accompaniment, it's going to be like a new jack match. Except, with, except with, with, with Paul Simon doing Graceland in the background. Yeah, the,
0: the, the <laughs> whole time. Dude, that's your well, intro match.
1: I thought we were going into Eddie Grant Electric Avenue there <laughs> for a moment.
0: Only Andrew and I were. Out on the streets, there is violence. There is and a lot of work, to, work, be work to be
1: done. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I, I will be some Eddie Grant. Had the single as a kid. Um. <laughs> there'll probably be somebody in disguise as a drummer who tries to interfere in Biggie. He'll kill that dude. But I still think this a, a Big e lot of title, thought huh?
0: has been put into this Nigerian Apollo cruise angle. And I really appreciate <laughs> that week after week. They, they think about the angle. They take it deeper. I just, it's, it's what a kind thoughtful... of match
1: would a Nigerian want? Yeah. Oh, drums, of course. Um, <laughs> But at least they tried. To, you know what? I, I will give I will give credit for this. It's one of those things where you make a ridiculous suggestion, and then you justify it, and it kind of makes you know. His father did these types, of... and his grandfather did these types of matches back in Uganda, where we just played drum people, beat the crap out of each other. I'm, so I'm good I with would that. be
0: okay with that. But you like when you're coming up with a concept like this? Okay, like first. Africa drum like there's a there's a cliche tropey thing there that I'm, I'm we're moving into stuff I don't love um but beyond that I think when you come up with these stip matches I'm saying this as someone who has been thinking about stipulation matches for the better part of a decade now um when you're thinking of a stipulation match you need to work backwards what is the visual that you are attempting to create by having this stipulation match Why are we we're having the scaffold match? Why, Uh, like that ECW match? You want to have Tommy Dreamer knock off? uh, Who is he up against? Sandman. Uh, that visual of Tommy Dreamer knocking off Sam Man from the scaffolds through the tables, that's the thing we're building to. We can only get to that visual by, of course, having a scaffold match, so that's why we're going to have a scaffold match. You reverse engineer from the actual visual. With a Nigerian drum match, what is the image we're looking for? A bongo gets dumped over Big E's head, and then Apollo Crews is playing on the bongo on top. Like, like there is no reverse-engineered vision um, that I want in this match to get to, oh, therefore we must have a Nigerian drum match.
1: Well, my thought was what we really need here is a cameo from the great power Udi. Nigerian wrestling superstar, but then I Google them, and here's the headline I got: Former Nigerian wrestler Great Power Udi faces trial for allegedly killing wife, locking up corpse to decompose. I was like, "Oh, oh that might be a little problematic." Although, mean, although Hogan's hosting this thing.
0: Uh, oh, maybe so- he could co-host WrestleMania along with Hogan. <laughs> Great Power Udi, <Moody>, brother. <laughs>
1: The reanimated corpse of Chris Benoit. Um, <laughs> yeah. By the, way, by the way, who does Hogan? Who does Hogan give the boot to? What geeks are we gonna get? Is it gonna be the Akira Tozawa level Akira geeks? Akira Tozawa is totally
0: eating. Yeah, totally. Or is it gonna be, be Elias
1: and Jackson Riker? Or is it gonna be? Or 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 is it gonna be people come out to mess with? Uh, mess with Titus. And so let, let so, me tell you that so kid friend of the black man, Hulk Hogan is going to save his buddy.
0: That kid this week, boy, was that the most try hard, like awkward. Oh, this eight year old kid just happens to love the hell out of Hulk Hogan. Sure. Okay. Absolutely. I'm not going to blame
1: the kid. I'm not going to go. I'm after not the blaming kid here, the though. kid. No, I, I I'm not
0: going after the kid. I'm going after the parents who are managing his brand account. Yes. um, For obviously feeding this kid, Hulk Hogan material and saying, learn this and act like you love it. Who wins Big E or Apollo Crews here?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Do you know? Uh you just sitting there in silence. I just... uh, oh, so, so hold on, we're going to take the belt off a of biggie to now elevate him into a major feud off of a Nigerian drum match.
0: <laughs> well, okay, so well, I'm sorry. You want Apollo to lose the signature no, Nigerian drum match? His, you know, his, much like a Punjabi prison, man. Yes. He you lose, always his lose his your signature. You're losing a casket match. It can't happen. <laughs> Will we
1: ever have another Nigerian drum match not involving <laughs> Apollo Crews? That's my question. Like, like maybe he who's going lose? lose. Sheamus. Sheamus. comes out, and goes, you know, you know, fella, what I'd really like.
0: The Nigerian drum <laughs> match is a proud tradition. You can't just drop L's in, in a signature match like this. So it no, I dies think Apollo after,
1: would... It dies after tonight. Speaking uh, of dying. Yeah, okay. How's this for a segue. Speaking of dying, the fiend with Alexa Bliss. are the baby faces allegedly taking on Randy Orton in another WrestleMania classic. If you loved them with burning sheds and houses and refrigerators falling on people, if you loved them with bugs and worms being. <laughs> put on the canvas in a stadium boy have I got the match for you you <laughs> have the fiend and Alexa bliss against getting the paycheck Orton <laughs> this is gonna be cinematic right we gotta go cinematic here for a while
0: Oh, well, that's because it's easy yeah you know Orton was like let's do it cinematic uh like he was the first person to pitch that uh because that means that he could take water breaks whenever he wants Uh, maybe hit the vape on the side. Uh, yeah, I, this is going to suck. Um, Alexa bliss
1: towing the, towing the line between sexy and creepy with the little girl outfit. Uh, I just, I'm, I'm done with this. Move on. I'm
0: so, I'm so done with Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton's years long feud that has not yielded (laughs) one good match yet. Uh, it, it, it like it sucks. Uh, some of the crap that they have Randy Orton say week in week out is hilarious. Um, it, it's just- Chris. Are we
1: gonna get the Are we gonna get the second Randy Orton? Are we getting Mirror Universe Randy Orton in this match?
0: And that yeah, turns no, into Orton we, versus no, we, Orton. We, we actually teased Mirror Universe Randy Orton already. Yes. So he is gonna come back in an altered state following this. So Evil Fiend has to win this match.
1: And then Orton gets trapped in a mirror and then has to use the power of the speed force to get back in into-
0: <laughs> Well like he'll have the voices. Maybe maybe Bray will hear Orton's voices. Oh, does that'd be Fiend great. Sends- you could have overdubs of Orton talking during Bray Wyatt's matches, and it's like Orton's haunting Bray Wyatt, kind of like the birds haunt Matt Riddle. Do, do,
1: does The Fiend and Randy Orton end up in, in that universe where John Cena's been lost for all time and end up running into John Cena at some point, doing their various gimmicks? Like, he gets husky, and he becomes Bray Wyatt... And maybe Eric Rowan makes an appearance. And then Randy's just has various hairstyles and like tattoos that disappear. (laughs) Oh, who wins this dumb thing, Chris?
0: Oh, Bray Wyatt.
1: I will go with The Fiend as well. Singles match for the WWE Raw Women's Championship. Rhea Ripley shows up, says I want a match. Throws a table in Asuka's face. She's the baby face. Taking on... <laughs> <laughs> I, I just hope The best Asuka... part of
0: this was Asuka in a heap on the floor for an eternity. Massively overselling that one table to the face spot.
1: Master thespian Asuka. Comedic timing goddess Asuka. Asuka who can do no wrong and I'm convinced Vince just leaves her alone and says, <laughs> Whatever just make her go out and do That crazy crap and then she'll have a good Match and stuff and then they pay her a lot And then Asuka's just kind of like walking away Going ha screw you I'm going to hang out And catering for a while while you all do your dumb Scripted stuff and I'm Do you think Vince knows what kind of Chan TV is I don't
0: <laughs> No no clue No clue
1: just, just let the crazy woman do whatever she wants Uh I think love me some Asuka, Y'all know that, but Rhea Ripley is winning here.
0: Yeah, this is a debut vehicle for Rhea Ripley. And I I think Rhea's got to win.
1: And then Charlotte wins money in the bank and probably cashes it on Rhea at some point. And then we get the heat. That's my theory. Um, and then finally, (laughs) in a match that is, her booking has gone off the rails. Roman Reigns, the big dog, the head of the table, the your tribal chief, the reigning defending WWE Universal Champion
0: I on his I think that, that Roman needs more catchphrases and that if he had a couple more catchphrases, this would really get this angle over with the crowds. Acknowledge me, Jeff. Acknowledge I was tra- me. No, I
1: was trying to think of something clever that was a play on words of Polynesian or Samoan at one time, but I just couldn't on the fly. Yes, what Roman needs is more t-shirts and more sloots. That's what everybody needs. Versus, sponsored by Just For Men, <laughs> the de-aged, beard-shaved, Walt Clyde Fraser-proud edge, <laughs> because Vince hates old people on screen, so now he. <laughs> <laughs> that die job was ridiculous.
0: It is so bad. It, it's let this man just look <laughs> like he looks and he's he's a good looking older man. It's not there's nothing wrong with him. He just does not look like he's 25 anymore. Nor should going,
1: he. Going off the rails for his anger. And then and then let's talk about the baby face we should all be rooting for. And then the turn for the sinister. <laughs> Man, Daniel Bryan's taking a turn for the sinister. <laughs> and the go home, not the go home show, but the go home line, which I'm sure was fed to was it Cole or or Graves who said, It's been a good Friday for Daniel Bryan
0: which is so it's weird like uh, it's so weird um also yeah really not understanding what good friday is about in the slightest <laughs> it, it, in the slightest not understanding what the premise of yeah, good I'm friday sure is to, i'm sure <laughs> well it says good in the name what the hell's wrong with you people it, it's it's like thinking crystal Knocked is like a, a night about, about crystal. Yeah, yeah, it's about beautiful crystals. Yeah, it's, a yeah, night, yeah. it's a night of chandeliers yeah, everywhere. That wouldn't, that, wouldn't that be so pretty? There's crystal everywhere all night. <laughs> a blood libel gets
1: all the bad blood out and lets the good blood in. Just, just some tone-deaf stuff.
0: Dude, just, dude. They don't normally make weird religious references like that, and it's a good thing that they don't, because apparently they're not any good at it.
1: <laughs> oh no. Vince is writing up the well, how can I tweak the Christians again? Give me those Jesus folk, cause you know I beat God in a match once. Uh anyway, sorry. Daniel Bryan, all we want is a person to root for. <laughs> and they make this guy an un- they make him the unhinged angry one. Well, they're trying to make Edge the unhinged, angry
0: one. And, and the kind of closing <laughs> image of Brian. Okay, so Brian ends up, like, dominating this close here. He attacks Edge, which is fine. Um, and, and yes, he's unhinged, but, like, Edge has also kind of attacked him. So it's strike or strike. I, I, I'm fine with that. But then he gets – let's get to the Roman part. He goes up and he attacks Roman. Okay, that's fine. He gets the upper hand on Roman. That's fine. He puts Roman in the yes lock or the LaBelle lock and Roman knuckles through and doesn't tap out this time, which is actually a step in the positive direction for Roman Reigns who prior to actually had his will and resolve cracked and he was tapping out to Daniel Bryan. So now Roman actually comes off as stronger here because he get like, Referees pulled Daniel Bryan off, but Roman never gave up. He just passed out. And even then, Roman being passed out was not really strongly clear or illustrated there. It was like the refs and the officials broke the hold, rather than it being very clear that Daniel Bryan had completely overwhelmed Roman Reigns. So I don't think it really worked.
1: Now, I will say something clever that uh, Roman reigns on social media did what he he, he said he, he, I was not tapping out. I was doing Morse code, which I think is clut. It is, it is such a great heel excuse making It's It's in July of 85, Tully Blanchard beat Magnum TA for the U S title by hitting JJ Dillon, handed him a roll of quarters. Tully hits him with the roll of quarters. Quarters go all over the place. He pins Magnum TA for the title. David Crockett's calling him out. He goes, yeah, well, yeah, but what about the quarters? You know, look, they're all over the ring there. <laughs> Tully, That messy a beat. Just looks, he goes, David Crockett. Those people were so moved, so emotional. They started throwing money in the ring. And I just, there it is. I'm sold on wrestling. That's, that's it for me. I, I loved this kind of little bit of heel work, but... Here's how this match is going to end, Chris. I know I can see it in my mind. I see the visual of some sort. Roman is down. Daniel Bryan is going for the pin. Or Edge is going for the pin. Daniel Bryan gets broken, breaks up the pin on Edge. Edge is arguing with... De- what are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. Turn around. Roman Reigns spears Edge. Knocks Daniel Bryan out of the ring. One, two, three. Roman Reigns retains. Edge is angry that Daniel Bryan once again ruined his chance on the biggest stage in the world. And we move both away from this world title run to go on to either the Money in the Bank winner, which will probably be Kevin Owens, or perhaps Brock Lesnar. But I won't hold my breath on Brock just yet. But I do believe Roman Reigns is walking out the champion in this thing. And the big dog has established dominance on his island once again. Danant, 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 Danant. What do you think?
0: Um, I think Edge is winning the title 10 years to the day of his retirement. Ooh, I think, th- I think that's the story we're going with here. He's going to turn heel to do it. Um, he's going to go to any lengths to do it. But I think that the 10 years to the day of his retirement uh, storyline is too compelling for WWE to totally walk on it. Um, and I don't think Edge would have agreed to come back to have the 10 years. to the, Like, I would like if the 10 years to the day story ends up being this thorn in his side that pisses him off. And that's what justifies his entire heel run. But... I think they're going to have him be unscrupulous and willing to go to any lengths to make this 10 years to the day storyline come to fruition.
1: I will disagree only so far as I don't think Vince is nostalgic. I think that might have been the original plan.
0: I think Edge is nostalgic. But,
1: well, no, but I think, I think, I think he looked at Edge, he goes, too old to be my champion. But then again, he gave it to Goldberg for a while. So what am I saying? I still think Roman Reigns wins this. I would not mind Edge with a short run here. My issue is, is how long does Edge think he's staying around? Because that was what I was, I mean, I originally thought, okay, he's going to come in for that short vanity run, win the title, drop it, and say, hey, I ended the, my, on my own terms. But the interviews I've read with him made him think, hey, I'm back, baby, for a full-time run, and I just, I don't see that, kid.
0: Yeah, I mean, I could see him as a talking feature on SmackDown on a regular basis. Um, on SmackDown, I think he doesn't get exposed nearly as badly as if he was like on Raw and you had to weave three-hour shows through him. Um, I don't see him as a full-time attraction either. Uh, I think that you could also, he's a good enough wrestler, though, still, that you can hide him with a lot of different talents, like uh, Edge versus AJ Styles. Edge versus Daniel Bryan. Edge versus, uh, you you know, you can rattle off a bunch of people who would be quality pairings for him. Edge versus Big E would be interesting. Um, No.
1: Finally, prop bets. We'll go with prop bets for the Raw and SmackDown and Mania here. Do we get a surprise cameo at WrestleMania of some sort?
0: Um, what if Vince has Jericho come <laughs> on WrestleMania as like a cameo? Like,
1: I I would put even money that Dwayne shows up.
0: Okay, Rock. Yeah, I, I I would go even money on on Jericho at Mania as just a visual appearance.
1: I will say as a dark horse, Ronda Rousey. Or, yeah, I think Ronda, I was thinking Becky for a sec, but Becky could have made it to Mania. She would have been in Mania. But I think Ronda Rousey might show back up here. Let's go with that. Debuts from NXT on Raw or SmackDown. Give me one that you think is surefire, one that might happen, and one that's out of the blue.
0: Raquel Gonzalez, Surefire, uh, Fallen wow. Prey, yeah, Fallen Prey, maybe, um, out of the blue, um, out of the blue, I'd say, Dexter Loomis or Cameron Grimes.
1: Okay, I was gonna say Surefire but it won't be on Raw or SmackDown as, Can- as Karrion Cross. but for, for, for Raw or SmackDown, I will go Surefire. I think Adam Cole shows up. My maybe is going to be Raquel Gonzalez, <clears throat> or uh, how about this? My maybe is the loser of Io Shirai and Raquel Gonzalez, leaning towards Raquel showing up. My out of the blue is that they bring in Roddy Strong, with uh nothing intro to be a guy to take falls for aj styles and almost because he has that trailer park background and (laughs) it just feels like one of those things they would do because it doesn't feel like they have anything for roddy to do down on nxt anymore. i will put that as my out of the blue thing so we'll see. I always enjoyed the Raw and SmackDowns as to man. Can you wait for this person who has done it? And now I'm scared. Like man, years do we ago really they want were really something?
0: fun, but it's it's been several years since the Raw and SmackDown After Mania have had that same magic.
1: Actually, I'll, I'll, I'll give you another. I'll give you a better maybe. Tony Storm. Tony Storm maybe okay. shows up on on okay. SmackDown because they're not doing anything with her on NXT. Sure. Anyways, that'll do it for us. We'll see what kind of audio we put out for you next week. You can follow me at Crap Game Thirteen. You can follow Chris at DWATG. Just follow the show at Shake Them Ropes, all one word. So again, if you'd rather watch us try and <laughs> look around and read our reads and think on our feet, you can watch our videos on Voices of Wrestling channel on YouTube. Chris also does Patreon shows concerning politics and whatnot called. Don't Worry About the Government. Chris can tell you about those right now.
0: Yeah, Don't Worry About the Government. You can find it at Don'tWorry.tv on iTunes on Stitcher. It is free to listen to, but if you want to support the show and support basically what I do, the main way to do that is going over to Patreon.com slash D-W-A-T-G. Sub up for a buck a show. You get the video version of Don't Worry About the Government. Uh, You get, like, premium content. Uh, I recorded some music here. I'm going to be talking, playing some of those tracks in the next episode here, talking about uh, some of that in addition to doing like the regular news of the week and stuff too. So that's just like an additional woven through thing. You can actually hear those songs by subbing up to patreoncom slash D W A T G. So support the show, support my work over there. Um, and, uh, yeah, n- now Jeff, uh, since we, we finally got to the end of this show. Well, I, I need,
1: I need, I need to thank, I need to thank the sponsors real quick.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Once again, once again, we'd like to thank manscaped, get 20% off and free shipping using the code Ropes, R-O-P-E-S. Also, I'd like to thank MyBookie.ag, also code Ropes. Get a deposit match up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Happy birthday to superfan Trisha. Milestone birthday.
0: Congrats, kid. And uh, now I'm going to play the third track off of my concept album, Cody Really Stinks, uh, in three, two, one. Okay.